Oh, welcome in, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Pucknologists, episode 83 this time around. It's your boy, AJ underscore strong, with your other boy, hockey underscore jerk. You love to see it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my channel. Today, we're going to talk about this specific eyeliner pen. No, I'm just kidding. This is not a Visco makeup channel. This is the Pucknologist podcast, and I'm very happy to be here with you once again, sir. <laughs> well, thank you for that TED talk. Uh, do us <laughs> do us a favor. Hit us up on all those social channels, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. Give us the likes. Give us the follows. Give us the love. We would certainly appreciate it. So, oh, it's been uh, been an interesting week of hockey. Uh, let's dive into the take uh, hot takery bakery. Uh, this is one I got to tell you. <laughs> when I saw this happen, I was just kind of like, oh, I cannot wait to talk about this. So. For those of you who might not be aware, the game between the San Jose Sharks and the Detroit Red Wings was Shark Freak Night. They happened to give away a jersey at the door, and uh, or I'm sorry, a jersey, and the boys wore nice Adidas warm-up uh, jerseys that you could, uh, you know, spend a, a lot of money on if you wanted to at, at the auction. Um, I'm one of those people. I, I spent a little bit of a little bit of cash. Uh, our buddy Eric Curra spent a couple hundies on uh, on, a, on a shall we say an auction jersey. Now, look, once you purchase an item, it's obviously yours to do anything you want with it. However, when you throw it up on eBay, <laughs> okay, sure, but when you throw it up on eBay. And you're selling it for ten grand. Now, the image that we're sharing right now says five grand. That was because I guess on Black Friday he decided to go half off. <laughs> but dude is selling Jones. And the really funny thing is, it says game worn. It's, it wasn't game worn. It was worn during warmups. There was no game. But I mean, your take on this? It's, you know, to list a jersey for ten k. That's you know that that invokes the whole you know that's a bold move, Cotton. Let, let's see how that strategy works out. But then just a couple days later, I don't know if it because there were a lot of social media channels were kind of having a, a, a good chuckle at this guy's. <laughs> you know, I'm like, dude, I'm rooting for you because I got one of those. So like, yeah, help keep the value up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had you know I had a bunch of different people send this to me obviously you you dropped it in our dm i had a couple friends text me about it as well and uh that's that's really something i mean it's a hell of a jersey no doubt but to pay thousands of dollars for it i mean it's, it's a little sus if you ask me i i feel i would much rather just buy you know for ten thousand dollars i would buy ten buy it now warm-up jerseys See, and that was kind of my deal too. I was like, if you got ten thousand dollars, why would you buy just this one? Like, I would go to the next auction, <laughs> yeah, and buy like it, like five or six. <laughs> well, you know, cocaine is a hell of a drug. So, oh, you, you ain't lying. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on to our uh, other <laughs> tasty morsel from the hot takery bakery. I'm just gonna say this right now. Girls in Boston 
oh, they must be awesome at parties. If you haven't seen this, check it out, people. So anyway, <laughs> if you couldn't figure that out, evidently homeboy, I don't know if he was walking by or how it happened, but uh, clearly it's, you know, a case of uh, his chocolate got in her peanut butter. I'm not totally sure if she was complaining about cheese getting in her hair or something. It sounded like he had apologized earlier, but now she wanted, uh, I don't know, but geez. If you've ever seen the Boston teen sketch on SNL, if you've ever seen the description of Boston girls from the movie Ted, <laughs> I mean, this, this chick fits every single cliche. <laughs> so uh, a couple things stand out to me here. Number one, obviously, uh, that that woman is very upset. Now, uh, I have a, uh, a Tomash Hurdle jersey that is autographed, and I take a lot of pride in it. If it got mustard or ketchup or chocolate or cheese or whatever the hell on it, I'd probably be that pissed. But to Would be you upset, wear it to a game. Oh yes. <laughs> See, but... that's my whole thing. Is I got some nice jerseys, and specifically because of something like this, I won't wear it to a game because I don't want some you know somebody to spill their their chocolate <clears throat> on my peanut butter. Well, so the here's the thing though is. While I would wear an autographed jersey, and I have worn an autographed jersey many times, especially within the last 10 days, uh, I certainly would not wear some faux like fur coat as if I'm trying to <laughs> trying to look like Corella DeVille or something. Um, number two that stands out to me, well, not really stands out to me, more of an observation. So it's evident, you know, this guy, maybe he looked like he had a hot dog or some chips or something. No, dude um, was like ankle deep in chicken tenders. I don't know if the dude was like gotcha. stoned or something. And he's just like, that's why he was able to remain so calm or, or if he was just like, you know what? You know, had a couple tokes before it came in. Uh, I got some hockey. I, I got chicken fingers. Like, it does it get much better than this? It's like, yeah, there's some, like, annoying siren off to my left. But <laughs> I, I cannot believe how, how chill the dude remained. Oh, dude, cool as a cucumber. The one thing that I probably would have done differently, this would have been a huge power move but you see he clearly grabbed again whatever it was a chicken tender or piece of bread or something and he was wiping off their coat her coat how much of a power move would it be if he like wiped the ketchup off and then freaking took a bite just <laughs> just total power move <laughs> oh, that that would have been brilliant I, or if he just sat there the whole time just staring at her just just you know, just keeps on feeding himself, staring at her. Just 
which which one were you again oh oh dear lord all right (laughs) so let's move around the nhl shall we uh get out of the out of the bakery uh so we talked about it last week oh go ahead (laughs) sorry i was gonna say a couple more things there i don't know if it's the holidays but so there was that little snafu right there in boston there was also a rumble in at the one of the Islanders games this past week, and I believe there was a rumble in Vancouver. Uh, if you're listening live last night as well, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw a little that rumble in Edmonton. That, that if that if that's well, I guess that would be the Canadian rumble because it was pretty small and pretty fast. Yeah, but it, I don't know if you saw the one at the Islanders game, but it, people look pissed at that one. So <laughs> I I don't know if there's if there's something in the air, you know. It's the holidays, you know. That's, money, you answered your own question, my friend. My, I mean, you know, money's tight. The weather's changing. Who knows? But, folks, like, <laughs> you're wow. gonna get yourself thrown out of the game. Just <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna beat the crap out of somebody at the game, wait till it's over. Right. It does make me wonder if that girl got tossed from the Boston oh. game. He got mustard on my jacket. Oh, dude, no, the, the, just the whole, you know, you're just going to sit there like a pussy. And, just, and it's like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, boy. Oh, I would have been like, hey, get your, you know, get, why don't you get your boyfriend to deal with this? You know, or uh, I don't uh, have a boyfriend. Yeah, we can all hear why. <laughs> I was going to say, just power move, just dip it. Off the jacket, take oh, a bite, no. power move, and then just, which one are you again? And yeah. then, that's it. Okay, let's move Anyways. on. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Bertuzzo uh, last week with the ridiculous cross-check on Arvidsson when we were talking about it. It was uh, coming up for a hearing, and Bertuzzo got four games. I asked you, hockey jerk, was it enough? No. It was, was it not too, Was it too much? No. Was it, it just right? It, no, it should have been more. <laughs> it should have been, we talked about it last week. Repeat offender, whatever sentence you come up with, double it. Because Bertuzzo, you watch the footage. Go back, you can go on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Bertuzzo tried to murder Victor Arvidsson <laughs> and then looked at the referee and was like, yeah, punk, I'm going to do it again and did it again. Like, that's... We we talked about it last week. I mean, the NHL is trying to eliminate, like, being a prick on the ice and what happens and nothing – like, it's the exact thing happens. And no appropriate punishment is handed out. Like, I know we said it last week, but this shouldn't come as a surprise that, A, Bertuzzo made an ass out of himself there, but also, like, the NHL dropped the ball once again. Like, you got to throw the book at these guys. Well, and I think that everybody – is going to sit there as well and use the Hathaway spit thing. You know, and it's like spitting three games, licking no games, trying to kill somebody. Oh, just one more than spitting. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just... it, it's you made you made the analogy last week. It's literally spin the wheel, throw a dart, and there's your sentence. Yeah. It's, it's you know, uh, oh whatever. Oh, it is what it is. Well, let's see if this will work. Yeah, fun. <laughs> there we go. So let's uh, keep her going. I just, that whole thing, I don't, because Arvidsson, they said, what, four to six weeks? 
Yes, I believe it was, which I also like on Nashville's point. When they announced that he was going to be out on their Twitter, they said, due to last night's cross check, yeah. as if to say, like, hey, we saw it, which yeah. I thought Oh, well, and oh, God, see, and I wish I had this written down. I thought I just saw something where uh, an official actually came over and apologized for not catching something. And le- I think it was in a, in, a, in a Minnesota game. And luckily, like Minnesota ended up winning. Does that sound familiar? It doesn't sound familiar to me in the instance <sighs> you're referring to. But I know uh, referees and linesmen have been apologizing a lot lately. And <laughs> I, I'm. I'm, I'm within the last year and i'm here to tell you that sorry doesn't sweeten my tea yeah you know sorry doesn't get you two points in the standings it just it makes me wonder if the whole thing about the you know the quote unquote the nhl apologized to us uh vegas thing from the playoffs last year it's just making me wonder if that like i don't know made the officials more uh apt or to admit fault i i don't know just Odd. Anyway, uh, back to the Bertuzzo thing. Yeah, for me, I think uh, you go after somebody like that. Uh, for me, it's ten games. Like, not even like I don't even question it. Yeah, I mean, he was already called for the penalty, like you were saying, and the dude is completely defenseless. You know, Arvidsson is just sitting there, doesn't even see it coming. You know, like not only that, but Bertuzzo was such a Pussy, he couldn't even do it to the guy's face. He, you know, stabs him in the back, essentially. So, yeah, for me, that would have been 10 games easy peasy. But that's the, that's the sucky thing about player safety and that sort of thing is, like, they either look at, like, like they don't look, like, so they'll look at it and they'll say, okay, you know, it was, they either look at the action itself or if they see, was it intent to injure? And it's like, he like the cross check to the back alone should be four games, and then the the intent to injure, which for those who are unsure, that would be the second cross check, <laughs> should be another four games. Yeah. Like I hate that it's one or the other. Like it can be both. Like if you want to deter people from doing dumb stuff, punish them. Like you know, and Bortuzzo, he's not the most flush with cash, so obviously the money he does have to give up by being suspended, it's a lot of money. Yeah. But again, like. You miss four games, and that's nice. There's still 78 more to go that you'll be right there for. Of course. And you make a, a solid point that I've said forever is when you know <laughs> you know that crime's going to go down overall. <laughs> when the punishment is so severe, it's not worth the crime. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, I get like heat of the moment stuff. But the, I'm sorry, like that was just he, that was a dude that was just completely frustrated that he got called. Whether he thought Arvidsson like took a dive or whatever, that doesn't matter. the 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 thing that matters is is that you got frustrated and you went over there and essentially sucker punched him. And to me, this is like really not any different than what Milan Lucic got popped for a couple of weeks ago, where he's stri- what was that guy's name? Like Cole Shepard or Cole Sherman? Cole, Cole Sh- Cole Sherwood. Sherwood. Okay. I knew it was. So, see, that's the whole thing. Cole Sh- I would never, I never heard of this guy until Lucic mm-hmm. sucker punched him. You know what I mean? Uh, and if you go back and look at that play, that was Lucic just straight getting outplayed. That was just straight up frustration. And what did Lucic get for that? Like two games? Yeah, that one should have been five at yeah, least. Minimum. At least. 
Well, it was still a sucker punch, but yeah, that should definitely should have been at least five. But anyway, yeah, but it but it, it goes to back to what I said is like, like, like obviously the the action is is one thing, but you have to like, like we've seen situations where it's where it's heat of the moment, you know, like somebody's mouthing off or something, and you just swing it. There's definitely heat of the moment, but the Bertuzzo situation and the Lucic situation were both intent to injure like like you said Lucic got totally finessed by Cole Sherwood and he was pissed and was like damn this guy just exposed how slow and awful at hockey I am (laughs) and my pride is hurt so I'm gonna put him out like a light you know what I mean Mm -hmm. no that's exactly it okay move on (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's let's get on to something less let's get on to something less political and talk about Bill Peters (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Bill Peters retires as head coach of Calgary. For those of you audio only, when I say retires, that is filled with air quotes. Uh, Did the Flames just give him this option because he was going to get fired anyway? Yeah, I I think by allowing him to retire or resign or step away or whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, whatever fluff term they used. I think by giving him that option, it it gave him – the dignity of making a choice kind of thing. Or at Although, least, like, you're, <laughs> to me, it was theatrical. No, it was, because, it, I mean, whether, or like, and with these kinds of situations, it, it's really tough, because I'll, I'll say this, yes, yes, I mean, from what we've seen, especially with the Calgary Flames the last year and a half, Bill Peters seems to be doing something right. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, you take all the off ice stuff. I mean, we've there's stories from you know two different player or three different players, one of whom is anonymous, which tells me they're probably still in the Hurricanes organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's clearly some like this guy is a bad dude, and so even if Calgary's first in the division because of Peters' coaching ability, Calgary has to make this move. It's the same thing we talked about with with Rogers and with Don Cherry. Even though yeah. this person may bring something valuable to your organization, you can't afford to attach yourself to somebody who has done or said certain things because it makes it appear as though you're giving them a platform to continue to do that. Now, I don't play for the Calgary Flames, so I don't know if Bill Peters is still mouthing off today, but hmm. it was the right move. Even if Calgary's number one in the league, I still think they got to encourage him to resign. Well, I mean, you bring up grapes. You, now there's Bill Peters. It seems like there's other voices of dissension out there. I mean, obviously, uh, it was Comrie, right, that like lost his shit on Twitter with Babcock. Well, yeah, Mike Commodore. My it was Mike Commodore. Oh, Commodore. Uh, I'm sorry. And yeah, he and that's the thing is he lost he lost his mind with all the Babcock stuff and the. Um, it was Babcock getting fired that, you know, ruined Bill Peters' career because you go back and you look at Akeem Alou's tweet, you know, the first tweet where this information came to light. He said, you know, his, his being Babcock, his protege, and I'm, and in my head I'm like, who, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, they mean Bill Peters. Like, obviously Bill Peters admitted to it, so we know he's guilty, but what if everybody's like, oh, my God, Bill Peters is his protege, da 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 And what if Akeem Aliyu was like, no, I was talking about somebody else? <laughs> yeah, well, either way, the fact is it came out. Uh, oh, man, 
you said that, and then it reminded me of somebody else. And like, oh, we also hear some stuff about former Sharks coach Daryl Sutter. Yeah, Daniel Did- Carcillo has been yeah. very big on. Oh, dude, Carcillo, I mean, he's all about CTE safety, and I mean, that dude just owns Twitter at that point. So, um, have we, I think the biggest question now is like, have we, it's, it's hard to equate it to this, but you'll understand what I say, what I'm saying when I ask you, have we entered the Me Too movement in hockey, or the Me Too era, I should say? Hmm. I don't know. That's so tough. I mean, it we it, it's it definitely you get when situations like this come up, you get a lot of people say, "Oh, well, this is a problem because you know people are much more sensitive now and people get offended easily." And that may be true, but I, now in this modern age, you know, people, especially though, especially those who've been, you know disenfranchised or you know discriminated uh or ostracized or anything like that they have more confidence and have like feel better about standing up for themselves and so it's not necessarily that people are more sensitive or get offended easily it's more that people are are more courageous when it comes to standing up for themselves and standing up for what's for what's right and and i'm i'm of the belief that you know being strict and being a dick can be two very different things. Mm-hmm. And and I know there there's kind of differing differing opinions on Daryl Sutter. Um, you know, obviously Daniel Carcillo is very much saying like Daryl Sutter was not a guy that I vibed with well and he somebody who I struggled with getting along with a lot and there's all kinds of stuff going on. But then you can you look at somebody like Jamie McLennan who does radio for TSN and he says that, you know, yeah, Daryl Sutter was a hard ass, but I don't have any issues with him because he pushed me to be a good person. And so obviously I think those two things can be very different. Um, they don't have to be together. Like you don't have to say, Oh, because you're strict, you're a dick, you know, like it doesn't have to be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think too, just something else that I think, is definitely a breath of fresh air and i think there should be more of it in the hockey world and in the world as a whole but you know daniel carcillo goes on his whole thing saying you know daryl sutter was not his guy and they had issues and this that and the other and i don't recall if it was another former player it may have been jamie mclennan again actually i don't quote me on that but he said you know i had daryl sutter and i didn't have any of these problems he was good to me and daniel carcillo said look that was not my experience but I'm happy yeah. that you had a different experience and I'm glad that you had a different experience than me. So it, it shows not to get too woke or anything, but it shows that <laughs> even if, even if you disagree with somebody, you can still be respectful. Absolutely. I think, I think there needs to be more of that. Yes, absolutely. And even a, a comment coming in while we're talking live here. Uh, if we don't want fans yelling racial slurs at guys like Kane, then why would we accept it from coaches and solid point? So, um, all right, let's, let's lighten it up (laughs) and let's talk about, uh, Elias Pettersson. Is this the nicest guy in the NHL? He might be one of them. Uh, (laughs) so this week an errant puck flew out during warmups of it clearly off of Pettersson's stick or Peterson. I've heard both. I've heard both are correct. Depending on what part of the country you're standing in. Uh, but Elias saw that happen, and dude runs over to the bench, gets a hat, 
uh, you know, unfortunately, it's Fanatic's hat, but uh, gets a hat nonetheless. <laughs> right, sorry, say, lady, you gotta peel that sticker off. Hey, now, uh, sorry about the puck and signs it. I mean, just super cool. How can you not, you know, God, all it is, it's like Elias, you're pissing me off, man, because for since 2011. Uh, since that playoff run, I have absolutely detested Vancouver. Then you pour the stanchion goal on top of it, and it's like, I friggin' hate the Canucks. And then they get rid of the Sedins, and they, they get rid of, uh, oh, who, there was somebody else on that team that used to, oh, Burroughs. They get rid of Burroughs. Uh, even Edler was a guy I wasn't a, uh, a fan of, and there was, oh, God, there was one more. Real well, what about, what about, when they got, what about when they got rid of Yannick Hansen? Yeah, well, we all know what happened with that. <laughs> Again, just one more reason to hate those guys. And then they get guys like Besser and Horvat and Pedersen, and you just go, God damn it, don't make me like you. Stop. Yeah. Stop 100%. it. Um, now we're going uh, to take things that uh, we're, we're going to look at the board, and for $500 we're going to go with uh, things that never happened when he was a shark for $500. Uh, yes, Yoakam Ryan. Was <laughs> like top star player of the game last night in LA uh, versus Winnipeg. When have you ever heard that? Seen that happen? Yeah, that made everybody else kind of go, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Yokum, who? Is that the same Yokum Ryan? <laughs> yes. Even worse is the Kings were wearing one of their four ugly jerseys too. Yes. They. Uh, ah. <laughs> that te- coming soon to Teal Town USA. We'll get into it later. That team needs a jersey reband. Go ahead. Yes, yes. And M Hackle on the spot. Thank you. Kessler was the other player for ah, Vancouver. Yes. That's what it was. Edler, Kessler, Burroughs, the you know, Sabines. I hated you, all of them. You know what's I don't know if funny is the right uh adjective to use here, but like guys like Kessler and guys like Dustin Brown, right? Mm-hmm. They you see them on the ice and you see the sweater they have on and just the way they act, it's like, man, I ugh, I hate you so much, right? But then you look at, like, any documentaries or you oh, know, Road, road to the Winter Classic, right? And these guys are, like, super nice, like, family guys, charitable. And I'm like, oh, you're so nice. It's hard to hate you. But then you put on that sweater, and I'm like, oh, I hate you so much, you know? Yeah, it's, oh, I hope you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but <laughs> Yoke and Ryan mentioned... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about a couple other former sharks this week. Jesus Christ! This last week, uh, Yona, uh, Jonas Donskoy, <laughs> your favorite, you know, hell of a year, hell of a year. Goodbye, uh, Donskoy. <laughs> first star versus Chicago last night. Two goals, two assists, four points. While on Friday night, Gustav Nyquist has a hat trick. <laughs> Uh, now, in other news, Pavelski wants to know if you're done eating that. Uh, dude, dude has had no points in seven games. Goodrow, Barkley Goodrow has more goals and points right now than Joe Pavelski. You love to see it. Oh. No, uh, I, I, I still love Joe Pavelski, and I hope he turns Absolutely. it around. But, but man... I mean, he cashed in at the right time, but it's not oh, its not looking good for them. And, you know, Dallas, I mean, I, I think I had Dallas winning the Central Division. And, uh, I mean, they're still in the thick. Don't, don't let my words make you think they're not. But you'd like to have more from your third highest paid forward. That's just my opinion. Um, 
I mean, Gus Nyquist, what more can you say? You just, I, I was actually listening. I was listening to the podcast that we did when Gus Nyquist was acquired by the Sharks and all three of us, you know, we were vibing and we all kind of agreed like, man, if we get him with, with a good little player, he could just fit real nice here. And evidently we were proved to be true. And then we all had our hearts ripped out when he left. So (laughs) that one kind of stings, but I'm happy for him nonetheless. And (laughs) hashtag hashtag could have kept. Yeah, seriously. And uh, Jonas Donskoy. Now let me, let me say a couple things here. Number one, would I ever buy a Donskoy Sharks jersey? Absolutely not. But if the opportunity presented itself, I wouldn't hate the idea of an avalanche jersey with Donskoy because homeboy's playing very well. And I know a lot of people have hit me up on Twitter saying, well, if we kept him, he could be doing this with us. No, sir. Or ma'am. No chance in that. He's playing really well because, you know, elevated lineup spot, better players, different coach, blah, 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 whatever. But he's having a good year and it would not have happened with the Sharks. But for those who don't know, I have the stats on front of me. His best season was in 17-18, he scored 14 goals in 66 games. In 40 less games, he's already at 11 goals. <laughs> could he Could he shatter that? I sure as hell hope so. Um, he's been 25 by the All-Star game. You'd hope. Uh, spending a lot of time with Nathan McKinnon, which obviously that'll, that would make me look good. Yep. Uh, so, you know, obviously happy for the guy. It was still, I still think it was the right move for him to leave San Jose, but I'm happy he's doing well in Colorado. He got a, you know, a suspicious payday, we'll say, but so far he's earning it. So I'm happy for the guy. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just, (laughs) but when you see that though, now again, (laughs) you know what? At me, I don't give a shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The better Donskoy does, the better Nyquist does, that again makes the magnifying glass on Eric Carlson get a little Uh, bigger. uh, Eric Carlson has been the best player this week. We're not having this conversation. Uh, This week. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Next next week when he's minus 12, we'll uh, we'll talk again. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And then speaking of silliness, uh, the all-star votes have come out, so you can put here. Okay, this is. I'm sorry, this just pisses me Shimmick off. Shimmick for all-star. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but this will be rant one of two this evening. Uh, oh boy! But the all-star game, we're 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 doing votes. We've we've played less than two months. Well, just about two months of hockey, and we're already doing all-star voting. I mean, yeah, I get it because the game's in January, but. The nominees, if you will, are so it, – it's clear that they take into account what those players did last February, last March, last April to put that – because you can't judge it. How many times have we seen somebody play out of their minds for two months, they get voted in, and then <whistles> right off a cliff that by the end of the season, the, the, so many more people that would have been ahead of them – uh, again, I'm one of those people that it's like, look, if you want to have some sort of quote unquote all-star exhibition game, sure. But I really would rather see like awards handed out at the end of the year, like in baseball, whether it's like a silver slugger award, something along those lines where you're actually focused on the season that that player had, not the two months that the person had. And to take it one step further, who are the nominees for the Sharks? Couture, absolutely. Kane, yes. 
Brent Burns. Really? Didn't yeah. Jerk? Um, it, it's Brent Burns. It's Brent Burns because he's marketable, unfortunately. He's a polarizing personality, but it's not as if but Eric he's... Carlson doesn't have interesting facial hair, too. Yeah, interesting, interesting facial hair, interesting head hair. Uh, but... I I'm very confused by it because like the stats are there for Burns. Like he's not going to hit 83 points like he did last year, but he, the stats are there for him and that's fantastic. But if you watch him play, he's not like, he's just not there this year, unfortunately. And whatever you can attribute that to so many different things, but he's, he's been like, his defense has been really good the last two seasons. I thought he's gotten a lot better at that, but this year it's been a little bit off, you know. I, I think he's less reactive to what's going on sometimes. Now, maybe it's just a funk, you know, maybe he's sick or not feeling right or whatever, well, and it'll go and it'll go away. But I'm let's saying, see what happens like, when he has a little bit more time with Shimmick, too. Right. And, and and so I he's not playing bad, but there's just other people I maybe would have considered, like Eric Carlson, who as I said has been the best shark player this last week and has I think, generally speaking, this year played better than Brent Ferns. Now, that's not saying much, but I would still say that to be true. Um, But we'll see. Things can change because I don't think, like, those three that you mentioned, that's not only who you can vote for. Like, they're – because if I'm remembering correctly, like, the the peasants, you know, we we vote for the captains and then the league picks everybody else, correct? (laughs) Thank you, John Scott. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. I mean – I just my it's my the deal. All star game, like who cares? Yeah, right? who cares? But still, it's just it's one more thing to complain about. But it, if you look at the month of October, obviously the Sharks did really poorly. Got off to a bad start. You had Hurdle, LeBanc, Burns, Carlson, Vlasic, all of them in uh, double digit minus, and mm-hmm. everybody, with the exception of Burns, used the month of November to climb out of that. <laughs> and you know Vlasic I think at one point was like minus 11 minus 12 right now as we're talking I think he's either even or like minus one so he is well, plus two. Oh, geez see so it's even better than I thought so he Vlasic really did a lot to climb out of the hole Carlson the same uh it, in and hurdle uh, LeBanc has a scouch more work to do but he's still on the upward trend whereas I think it, like Halloween Brent Burns was a minus 16, and today he's a minus 15. <laughs> not working. Hey, you know and he got Shimmick back. He's chipping away at it. He's chipping away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, so let me ask you this, and you were talking about, and, and we've had this conversation for years now, so it's not anything new to us, but if you were to make a change to the All-Star game to maybe reward, either reward guys who have a good second half or maybe deter guys who flash in October and November from going to the All-Star game, like, how would you do it differently? Like, would you would you do the All-Star game at the end of, like, playoffs where you can look at a whole season? Or would you do it in the beginning of the season and look at the previous season? Or how do you change that? Uh, that part, it, it is difficult because – it's clear that the players enjoy, I think the NHL at large enjoys that break, that week mm-hmm. off, you know, where everybody can kind of reset and refocus for the uh, little less than the second half. Um, 
See, I, you know, like I'm fine to have some sort of this this exhibition event. I get what you're saying, but there needs to be, I don't know, like some some other awards like thrown into the mix or something where like the you know, the Calder goes to one guy. The Ross mm-hmm. goes to one guy. The you know, there needs to be like I said like a silver puck or it's well they already have like a silver stick right if you play a thousand games or something mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there needs to be like a golden puck or a silver something or whatever that you get this if you you know if you're in the top 5% you know of players uh you know points wise or something like that like the top 10 guys all get like a golden puck of recognition because they were top 10 in points or you, you know, you come up with some a couple other things, you know, a defensive so, category, an offensive category. But I feel like there should be some other way to recognize guys that had an actual awesome season, not just a really good two months. And then you have no idea from there. Right. And, and I understand what, like the NHL was really smart when they made, you know, when they attached the all star weekend to everybody's bye week they were really smart when they yep. did that so you either have you either have five days and the all-star break or you have the all-star break and then five days off nhl 100 love that you did that you love to see it now what about what if you you could still do instead of a five-day bye week split in half maybe you just do 10 days give everybody 10 days off in january or february whenever and then what if you know, at the NHL awards, they say, okay, we've looked at the whole season. These are our all-star teams for the four divisions. And then maybe those teams, maybe those teams play the all-star game as the final exhibition game before the regular season, something to that effect. Ooh, I don't don't know about the game. See that here's, I love everything you said about that. I love that you, it adds more to the awards at the end of the season. I'm totally for that. Uh, by the way, I'm also for like moving the awards thing to different areas. Like maybe you have it in LA one year, you know, making an event like mm-hmm. they do for the all-star game. When it was in Vegas, it was fine because Vegas didn't have a team. Well, Vegas has a team now, so they don't need this event every year. Okay. You should do the awards somewhere like exotic, like Monaco or something. Uh, the, <laughs> some. So, Tim Heed's backyard in Sweden, you know, <laughs> but the moon. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, th- I think it would be very cool if they also used it, you know, a similar thing like a draft, like an outdoor game, like an all-star game where you use it as an event to promote the hockey team in that. Se- hell, Arizona could use all the help it can get. Hold it there for the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I love everything you're saying. I just don't think we need the game. If anything, I would say it would be cool to maybe see. Um, give me the best three players from everybody's minor league affiliate, and make that you know the the all star or the, you know so the exhibition game that we that that occurs during the bye week where we have seven days off or ten days off or whatever. But I would much rather see that where you get to see the players that you will eventually see in a season or two playing for your pro team, I think that would be really cool. You know, that's that's not totally unheard of because I know um, – I, I remember reading something around the All-Star game last year where they were saying, like, you can have, you know, have the traditional All-Star game with 
the all-stars, right? But this particular thing that I was reading, they were saying, well, what if you, what if you made the skills competition, like, what if the skills competition was something totally separate and you picked like the all-star for that skill? And the example that they made was, you know, Andreas Athanasiu on Detroit is one of the fastest skaters in the league, but he's never going to make the all-star game. Mm -hmm. So like doing something like, okay, so like, okay, fastest skater that, you know, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Andreas Athanasiu, you know, those are our fastest skater all-stars. And then maybe the all-star game itself is something different. Or hell, maybe each event, like maybe that's how you pick the all-star teams in general. Because I feel like it's so lame the way they pick it where it's like, you know, where you say, oh, well, Clayton Keller, he's having a very average year, but because he's the best player on Arizona, we have to select him, right? And, and, oh, exactly. I mean, how long did it take him to score on a man net? And, and our friend Cheryl's pointing out that, you know, they already have an AHL All-Star game. Well, they can get rid of that one. <laughs> you know, have, have the one that everybody's going to see that's going to have a lot of uh, push behind it. See, that would be cool where you would still have – I like your idea where you still have, like, the day of – specialties whether it's fastest skater or hardest shot or anything and even if you want to um add a couple more to the mix okay i don't know if y'all remember but there was a a series of commercials way back in the day i want to say like in the early to mid 90s or something but it was between i think it was a mcdonald's commercial oh i know exactly what you're talking about i know exactly it's messy and gretzky no well this was mcdonald's and well Oh, okay. Well, for the American version, it was Larry Bird versus Michael Jordan, and it would be you know off the scoreboard, off the yeah. you know the the uh, the oh god, what are the, the concession guy selling beer, off the you know whatever, nothing but net. And if they so they did something similar to that with Gretzky and who Messier. Yeah, Gretzky and Messier. They they filmed them. They were like. Like if you've been to the if you've been to the tank, like they had them in like the plaza up in the penthouse, and like you you try and hit the crossbar, <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so do something like that. Uh, you know, I think like if you added that something silly, like if you had some platform set up uh, in the oh god, what with that plaza era, the threat matrix plaza, and I'm just using obviously yeah. SAP as a reference. But you have a platform. Remember when they had a live band a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you, was sick. Yeah, so you set up a platform like that, and you can have some players go up there. And obviously, you'd have to take down the netting on that side. But you just and let let them put a target like chuck a puck or whatever. But you know, you could do that. Or you know, can they hit the uh, put it in the net on the other side? That some fun stuff like that. Yeah, that would be a blast. You could do. Uh, Something like that. Either way, we can they, t- we they, can pontificate all day about that. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're almost forty five into this, and we still haven't really talked about the week that was. I was gonna say they need to. They just need the All Star Game. They just need to find stuff where it's like it's so stupid, but it's like so funny at the same time that you like you just laugh. You're like, man, this is so dumb, but I'm en- laughing and enjoying it. You know, because when you get, I don't know, it's just like the same thing every year. Like it, it gets tired after a while. Absolutely. Gotta, you, it's so funny how sometimes they want their personalities to shine, and then other days it's like, no, put you know, put that all the way or what. It it always depends, you know. Did, did, wasn't Evander Kane like just 
you know, burned an effigy over the money phone pick. Yeah, he's still okay. Not to call anybody out, but a a certain beat reporter for the Las Vegas Golden Knights who worked for TSN at the time the money phone dropped is still pressed about that whole thing. <laughs> and let it go. Yeah, it, it's kind of ridiculous if you look at this individual's Twitter. But yeah, he did ruffle some feathers. But you know what? I thought it was fantastic. All right. Okay, let's move on to the Sharks uh, after 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The people love hearing us talk, so it's fine. Right. Uh, so the Sharks go 3-1 and one over the last week. Games versus L.A., Winnipeg at L.A., at Arizona. 8-2 and two over their last 10, which they did last week and you know what we had for last week's show. But they are now third in the division behind Arizona and Edmonton uh, at L.A., Still had no hurdle, who had missed four straight games. DeBoer still rolling 70. Uh, the Sharks score the first three goals, including two from Timo. Then the Sharks gave up three straight. Marlowe would score the winner in overtime after Couture in the previous two games that went to overtime. But the Sharks would win their third straight in extra time. And the three stars of the night are Marlowe, Kempe, and Kopitar. Despite Timo Meyer scoring two goals. Sure. Uh, Martin Jones <laughs> posting a 917. Uh, so you have that. Then Winnipeg, a gassed Sharks team after playing five games. Yeah, or, yeah five games and nine nights. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, the team loses five to one after uh, three straight overtimes. Again, no hurdle for four games. PDB continuing to burn everybody out by rolling 70. Ferraro even playing some forward in this one. Uh, Dell with a very pedestrian 840. And this is something that kind of concerns me. I'll ask you in a moment, Jerk, but DeBoer says, we were lifeless, so I don't know what the answer is when asked about the fatigue factor. Uh, we've got a lot of hockey left to, uh, to play here over the next two, three weeks. I hope it's not fatigue, but if it is, we've got to rebound because you get what you earn in this league, usually, and we didn't do enough to win the game tonight. Uh, I don't know about you, but when the coach says, I don't know what the answer is, it's a little disconcerting. Uh, versus <laughs> versus L.A. for the second time in three games. 4-1 uh, win as Jones, Martin Jones, assists on Noah Gregor's first NHL goal. Uh, however, McDermott would drill Suomela with a late high hit, and Suomela would not make the next game to Arizona. We're still waiting to hear a bit more on him. Uh, would have been nice to see the Sharks respond to that hit. Uh, Quick would lose his mind... And tussle with Sorensen, and we'll show you that in a moment. Uh, holding Sorensen's stick in front of the ref. No call. Jones posting a 971. And then finally, the Sharks would cough up two goals in the first two minutes and 12 seconds versus Arizona. Come back to win 4-2. to two. Couture would open and close the, the scoring for the Sharks. EK65, again, <laughs> we have it for you. <laughs> Gets a little pissed off. Uh, Burns and Dylan not looking their best in the first couple of minutes of this game. So over those four, um, I guess let's, you know, who, who's, uh, well, hold on our buddy, uh, Chris. Nice. Uh, <laughs> if you know it, you know it. Uh, so the, the two games versus LA explain to me, I don't look, okay. I get a little bit of hometown cooking. I get your bias a little bit. I mean, when you credit the home team for 80 hits in one game, <laughs> uh, you're, you're a little sus. You're a little sus. 
you're you're uh, the last time the Sharks played Vegas, and we saw the three stars, laughable. And then again at LA, Meyer scores two goals and doesn't rate to be. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why I have a problem with the local media picking the stars. I think, mm. it, I think if they want to change, <laughs> should be it, the war room in Toronto. No, I'm kidding. Well, what what I think, I mean, I, we see situations like this where it's like it's always you know something ridiculous. I mean, L.A. I I think this may be the first time I've seen something like this, but Vegas, it's it's definitely a little sus when it comes to picking the three stars and. I mean, there's a pretty simple solution to this. You have the local media pick the stars, you have the away media pick the stars, and then you take the average. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, three stars, you don't get any points in the standings. You don't get any bonuses. So, I mean, it, it's for the media to have something to talk about. But I... Well, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me ask you this, though. Aren't there some fantasy leagues that they take that into account? Like if you get have a player that has, like, stars or something? I am unsure. I thought there was a fantasy league that did actually, like, that got you a bonus point or something if one of your players on your team got a star that week or whatever. I, I digress. I was going to say, that I don't know. Uh, if anybody in the chat knows, let us know. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's one of those things. I Three stars and mascots for me, it's something you can get rid of, honestly, because who cares? Right? Oh, see, I like me some mascots. Uh, now, in-game MCs, not so much. Uh, that that has nothing to do with the people that are doing it. All of them are fine human beings and a pleasure to speak with outside of the confines of the building they work in. I'm just saying that uh, job as a whole to me is needless. That's all. Just my opinion. It's a very it's a very tough job to do because you basically have to like annoy be a, people, be annoying. Yeah, unfortunately, because <laughs> yeah. because yeah. you're right. Like. Even like even in in the SAP Center, but like uh, you know, I I've been to a handful of visiting arenas as well as well, and you know, all of the people they're very nice people. They're wonderful to talk to and have a very they're very good at their job. But it's one of those jobs where it's like uh, we mm, do we need like I know how to cheer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> need direction. If anything, you can show me video of the mascot on the screen waving pom-poms and that's enough i don't need someone screaming at me um just saying uh, <laughs> so uh what else about this week uh, i think we can probably do a couple minutes on peter DeBoer. uh maybe first off gassing his top stars we saw like kane posting 24 25 minutes meyer posting 24 25 minutes because he was Rolling 7D, and what is that telling Doug Wilson? Hey, asshole, up in the nice front office, Radil ain't getting it done. I need help. <laughs> I mean, is that essentially what he's saying? I mean, yeah, it's when you and it's it's no secret that Peter DeBoer is not a fan of Tim Heed, but when he would rather play Tim Heed <sighs> over a, <laughs> a 12th forward, like. <laughs> And this whole thing, I like Tim Heed. Oh, I love Tim Heed. I yeah. have his jersey. Yeah, that's so that really that oh that is so upsetting. But just, it's like you know what? Fine, then put him to forward. Damn it! <laughs> like, don't have him be a seventh defenseman. Just have him be the twelfth forward. Uh, yeah, but, but, but uh, no, I uh... Radil. Hashtag pack your shit. <laughs> hashtag yeah. Hashtag here's your beer. There's an old one for you. 
Uh, no, I, I, I absolutely think it's Peter DeBoer saying, you know, hey, like the forwards we currently have are not cutting it. We we need something different. And I think I think Suomela coming up, I think that that's not I don't think that's the different that DeBoer was looking for, but it's a different. And clearly it worked out so far. You know, Suomela's had a good, you know, how many ever four or five games that he's played. I thought even though Noah Gregor's only got one goal in 12 games, I think he's played a lot better than the stats would indicate. And man, Melka Carlson, I mean, you can't say enough about the guy. He's overpaid. Okay, fine, but he does See, all. There's he, one th- he does right. everything you expect. He does but, yes, but that's the thing. Aside from scoring goals, he does everything right. Yes, he except, like I would. If there's anybody I would want to go into a penalty kill with, it's him. Well, yes. Not only that, but the thing that I think is so funny is when you talk about Eric Carlson. It's you know, goddamn eleven and a half mil, ninety-two million dollar deal, blah blah blah. What an insanely overpaid guy. Well, if the Sharks don't give him that, someone else is going to. Bizarrely enough, you don't hear the same thing about Eric Carlson. Or, I mean, Melker Carlson. <laughs> what an amazing guy. You know, it's like, kills penalties like a mofo, is very defensively responsible, this, blah, 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 blah. He's overpaid at two mil. Well, somebody else would have given him that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You just don't hear that same argument. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I, you're 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 not. I and and I always I always liked Malcolm Carlson. Now it like was you know when he's when he scored those goals with Thornton and Pavelski as a rookie. What was it a little overzealous to say that this is the next big thing? Sure, but, but he's still a hell of a player. And and if he you know if the contract expires this summer and he doesn't come back i i i would be upset i think the sharks defensive game as a whole would take a huge hit but yes. to your point that contract's a little it's a little dicey so little, little i don't heavy. know we'll see yeah but it's you know it is what it is this uh Salary cap goes. I'm I'm like reading a list of my cliches. Salary cap goes up every year. He's a valuable player. Like blah 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 blah. We all know that. But well, okay. I, now let me ask you this then too. We we know about Radil. We know about Heed. Uh, is there anybody else on the hot seat for you? Paging Dylan Gambro. <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, is there somebody else on this you know I get, train wreck that might uh, you know push Doug Wilson? To pull the trigger now. Obviously, you're hard pressed to find a GM that's going to pull the trigger after going eight and two and having like the, one of the best Novembers in franchise history. I get that, but again, we talk about like five straight games where DeBoer is rolling seven D. You do that once or twice if somebody's injured at the last minute. You don't do that as like a point of strategy. Yeah, uh, I the the Gambrel thing it really frustrates me only because. We've seen like he can be he can play so well like he's he can be such a good player and I don't I mean I, I think the thing that's hurting his development is Joe Thornton coming back because if you go back and you look Gambrell go back to Game Six of against the Blues last year Gambrell was centering Kane and Donskoy best NHL game of his life. Yeah. And now it's he's amazing what happens with talented guys when you surround them with other talented guys. Remember when right. like Michael Haley was dragging down the entire fourth line? <laughs> who, yeah, I, who was it that was centering that? And we were constantly like he was constantly catching hell 
but like his line mates were like Haley and Goodrow, oh. and this is when Goodrow was not playing the way what he is now. I it might have been Chris Tierney. Uh, yes, yes, I think uh, yeah, I think no, 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 because Tierney was centering the third line, but there was, oh who uh, there was somebody who was catching shit on the fourth line, but they were being anchored down by Haley and in somebody either way. But you get the point. It is that. There's right. certain and, guys that you can bring out the best in them when you surround them with other talented players. Well, and and it's like you go back, you go back, right? And it's like um you, you go back to that awful 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 14-15 season and it's like we're we're we're, we're playing hurdle at center and he's not doing well. Like what's the problem? Um maybe because his wingers are John Scott and Andrew Desjardins. <laughs> like Okay. Don't get me wrong. I I love me some Andrew Desjardins, but like loves me some John Scott, just not in that <laughs> yeah. position, you know. But and and Cheryl too, bringing up a great point. He's been good in the circle and scored the other night. Hundred yeah. percent, Cheryl. I agree with you. Sometimes I think I'm Gambrell's only fan left, but it hey. this you got to have some consistency in this league, especially with how young he is and how good he is at the or good he was rather at the University of Denver. I would like to see something else, but at the same time. This is a league of responding, and Gambrell gets scratched because he's not cutting it for us, and we want guys who are going to help us win. And he comes back and he scores a goal, and a pretty sick goal, if you if you ask me. So, oh, it's gorgeous. Is this a sign of things to come? I really hope so because I I really like Gambrell, and I think I think him. I mean, of course, everything can change at the drop of a hat, but I really think Gregor and Melker Carlson are going to be his wingers for the foreseeable future. And now that that kind of uncertainty is is locked up because you look the fourth line's been a revolving door. Yeah. I think now that there's some stability and some certainty there, I think maybe Gambrell will start to feel better, just be more confident because he knows who he's playing with on a nightly basis. Especially like like with Gambrell and Gregor, like Gregor's fast, and if Gambrell can whip the puck up to him, like look out. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> The other thing that you, I think you, we need to take into account is when we were watching the game on Friday afternoon, they talked to Nick Nolenberger during the cast. It's a lot of push that maybe we might see Joachim Blickfeld make uh, a, a, another stop with the big club. So I'm just saying it, at least we're seeing a little bit of push, a little bit of pressure being applied to the guys that are up. Uh, there's been a couple, I've seen a couple people look at Sorensen saying that maybe he needs to get it together a little bit. Uh, for me, I kind of lay that on Thornton's doorstep. It's, I agree with you there. I, I think, um, I think Thornton does slow. Uh, I think Thornton does slow Sorensen down a little bit. And I know when you and I, when we, when we hijacked the after dark, after the, the most recent Edmonton Oilers game, I, you know, I, we both kind of talked about that and I made the point that it looked like Sorensen was dictating the pace, not Thornton in that particular game. And Sorensen looked good, but I still go back to it watching Sorensen's gate, especially I was at the game, uh, against Winnipeg and LA and San Jose. And I also obviously watched the game against Arizona. Sorensen consistently was one of the fastest and smoothest skating guys on the team. And this year his skating looks really clunky. And I don't know if he hurt himself or if he's got new sk- new skates and he didn't bake them properly. But <laughs> but if you if you go back really this whole season, I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to say that that injury he had early on made this happen just because I don't remember what his skating looked like before the injury. But it seems like lately he's just not 
been the skater that we expected. Like it seems it, he kind of looks like Pavelski when he's building up speed where it's a little bit slower. And if you notice too, he, he kind of looks like he's got the piano on his back a little bit yep. where, mm-hmm. so I, I don't, like I said, maybe he hurt himself. Maybe he's got new skates or I don't know. <laughs> or, but I, I don't think Sorensen is where he is, where he's known to be at. Maybe he's nervous that goalies are going to screw. not get called for holding the stick there how couldn't tell you i i i tend to not i tend to not get pissed off at the referees with stuff because you know they are doing their best and and they you know they can only do so much but that is one of those situations where it's like <laughs> so come on egregious referee. like he's you're right he's staring right at it and he even has his whistle up to his mouth i'm like dude blow it yeah like well, um, <laughs> speaking of letting the officials uh, know what you're feeling <laughs> about, let's talk about angry, my, angry, EK, <laughs> angry EK65 for a Keller upended. Carlson's going to go. Tripping the call. Our Coors Light refreshing finish early on. All Coyotes. Uh, I, I feel like EK65 was a little upset there. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I mean, there, it's it's kind of hard to tell from that clip, but do you, he may do have you, been a little mad. Do you have yours uh, at the ready that you had played earlier? Uh, yes, I do. And so for those who watched, that was obviously from the game against Arizona. This is from two seasons ago when he was on Ottawa uh, playing a game against the Chicago Blackhawks. This was in three-on-three overtime. Aaron Carlson, at the end of a shift, he is out of gas. <laughs> so clearly he's done this before oh man i love that it sounds like he's actually on the broadcast in there um oh all right let's get into uh some of the numbers here real quick though uh brent burns uh you know as much as i dumped on ek65 early on which i think based on the numbers was completely a legitimate argument has he turned it around absolutely i'm Again, I'm rooting for EK65 to win the Norris this year, okay? I want him to do really well. I want Probably. him to earn the <laughs> I want him to earn that contract. Okay? I'm not rooting against him, but when he sucks, I'm going to call it out. And again, when you're the highest paid defenseman in the league, you're going to get called out if you don't play like it, all right? But Brent Burns conversely <laughs> in November, two goals, six assists, a minus six over, which we know plus minus isn't a big number, but still over the course, he's third in the entire league with a minus 15. The only two players above him are both on Detroit, the worst team in the league. So just saying. Uh, 16 giveaways in November. Like I said earlier, everybody else's plus minus has improved except for Burns, really. Uh, also has the lowest shooting percentage on the team, which is kind of odd considering, hello, Brent Burns, bomb from the point. Um, but yeah, second worst among all NHL D-men. Uh, but in the top five, 
for D-man points. So figure that out, statistical people. <laughs> uh, and also third in time on ice. So I think he'll, you know, I think he'll bring it around. And we talked about getting Shimmick back. So maybe it'll just take him a little bit to get that that mojo going again, if you will. But it's weird, you know, he was whispered by Paul Martin. Paul Martin goes down for a little while. He gets paired with somebody else. Doesn't work that well for a little while, blah, blah, blah. Gets Paul Martin back, and then it wasn't working that great, right? It wasn't the same. And then Shimmick, he gets Shimmick. That was that was working really well. Shimmick goes out, and Burns is, and then he gets Shimmick back, and he's doing okay. It feels like he's doing a little bit better, but he's still, he's not the guy. We're still waiting for that vibe to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, too, a big reason why it's, why it's looking, you know, why it's looking like, uh, you know, maybe he's not having as good of a season. Obviously, you pointed it out. The shooting percentage is down, yes, but his number of shots as well are down. You know, Burns has consistently been, like, the second highest shooting uh, player in the NHL. Like, he's shot the puck more than every forward except for Alexander Ovechkin. And he's not doing that this year. So obviously that's going to take into effect. And I'm wondering, I would have to really, really, really dig deep as well. But for years, Vlasic has always received the top assignment, right? Yes. But now that Vlasic is playing with Eric Carlson, I'm wondering if the top assignment is shifting to Burns and Shimek. And I don't know if maybe... Not necessarily more ice time, but harder competition. I wonder if that's maybe throwing things off as well. And then, of course, guys, you know, they go through things outside of hockey, like illness. If you, I can remember, you know, five, six years ago, uh, Brent Burns missed like 14 games because he had what I can assume is like gingivitis or something. And (laughs) that's not even me trying to be funny. He took a puck in the mouth and missed 12 games. So... We've seen weird things like that happen. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of bug going around that's just really taking its toll. It is flu season after all, so who knows? All I'm saying is, if I was really, really sick, I don't think I would want to go to work. So that's just me. That's true. Uh, Conversely, Logan Couture now with 18 points in his last 10-plus games, 7 goals, 11 assists. as the guy who called himself out, especially early on with this season starting. And basically said, you know, he's like, I'm sitting on one goal. Tommy's sitting on one goal. You know, that, that can't be happening. And you can see since then, it took a couple of games, but Couture and Hurdle, aside from the Hurdle injury, obviously, but they started to get it going pretty well. It's going to be fun to see what happens. Remember this game versus Arizona, who are currently second in the division. That was one of four. So you got three more opportunities at Arizona. That's going to be a lot of fun to see the, you know, the fact that Arizona is finally competitive after seven oh. years of hockey jerk <laughs> telling me to look at Arizona. <laughs> it's finally it worth it. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the Sharks also allowed one power play goal in their last 21 kills over the last six games. That is amazing. Uh, why Prout and Radil are still on this team, I don't know. But finally, uh, let's talk about the line of the week, if you will, from our buddies, <laughs> Randy Hahn and Jamie Baker. Oh, let's go. I've never blocked a shot, but I awkwardly bumped into a bar stool once. <laughs> once? <laughs> Don't underestimate yourself. <laughs> okay. 
I have no idea the the backstory that we have no idea what's going on, but it sounds like evidently once in a while Randy Hahn likes to tie one on at the bar after a game. <laughs> at least that that's the idea that I was catching. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've <laughs> we've all been there, right? Who but, uh, hasn't awkwardly bumped into a bar stool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's so many ways you could slice that. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, I'm saying it. All right, um, all right, that's it on the sharks. Uh, we've 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 gone way long, and I still have like two more segments. <laughs> this happens. Oh, all the time. It's just get used to a 90 minute show, people. That's what it is. Uh, so we have a couple more things for you. Uh, it's pretty much just me ranting. Um, I will go now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Cause you're going to sit here and pile on with me. Um, Hey, it's another week of hockey, which means the fanatics company shit the bed yet again. Not, not once, but twice. Uh, we, we all remember the thing last week. The signed jerseys for 20 bucks from Kerfoot, Neil, and who was the other guy? Brabovsky or something? Uh, Andre Burakovsky. Oh, Burakovsky. Okay. Either way, some of you may remember that shitting of the bed. Well, we have a new shitting of the bed, okay? Uh, first off, uh, my main man, Jerk, here sends me this <laughs> screen <laughs> capture from the Fanatics website. You know, shop.nhl.com, quote, a Fanatics experience. Uh, can y'all figure out the problem with this? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. And, and what's funny is that you can buy 10 or more of these, but would anybody like to uh, tell me what the problem is? Of course, game seven did not go to double overtime. So now, and now let me give you a quick backstory. Brent Burns over this last summer, he actually tweeted out a photo or, um, uh, probably Instagram, uh, but he, or it might've been a story, but he sent out some pics of basically boxes of merch that he evidently like needs to take some time over the weekend or whatever and sign a whole bunch of merch, throw it back in the box, ship it back to whoever. And so that's clearly and very likely what happened here with Barkley Kudrow is they gave, gave him a stack of pucks. He took them home. He signed them return them, and then some boob idiot moron <laughs> who couldn't be bothered to like spend five seconds on Google or NHL.com to research, okay, how many overtimes did that game go? But couldn't be bothered and inscribed who knows how many uh, said <laughs> two overtimes. And what's funny is that when we posted this on social media, on the Twitter, somebody came back at me and said, "Dude, that well, that's that's not Fanatics' uh, fault. That who they they their description up there in the upper right hand corner. Let me put it back. But their description, they're just going by what it says on the puck. And I'm going, who, who, who do you think wrote it on the puck? <laughs> yeah, and, I, I, I don't, I don't think Barkley Goodrow wrote that. Yeah, you're gonna th <laughs> think Goody thought." You know, biggest goal in my life and my career or whatever. Do you think he's going to forget what overtime it was? Serious? So, anyway, uh, the, there's that screw up. And that I just love to, I just love to, to first of all, as AO pointed out in the chat, it's on sale. 
And it's not on sale because it's wrong. It's on sale because it's some kind of BS corporate holiday this past weekend. Number two, and I kind (laughs) of already made fun of this, but what would make it worse if it was somebody with with the fanatics who wrote the inscription or with Gudra wrote the inscription? I don't know what makes it worse, (laughs) to be honest. Well, and then, okay, so we're okay. There was actually three things now that I'm considering the whole fanatic screw up this week. This is a banner week for fanatics people. So they do that. Then in an effort to apologize to the thousands of people that were, they left disappointed because they screwed up on the, uh, the $20 autograph jerseys, they, One of which was me. <laughs> yes. They sent out a code for 30% off and free shipping. Now, it's just funny. When you go to NHL.com, it automatically says 25% off and free shipping. So it's so I'm assuming you can layer these so you can get 55% off an order. But if you can't, oh, you can. my God, that would be so fanatics. Oh, and also, uh, first of all, uh, you cannot. Secondly. Are you serious? <laughs> you cannot. Secondly, on fanatics right now, up to 70% off site-wide. Use the code MONDAY for Cyber Monday. Oh. It should be use the code for it. We don't know what the hell we're doing. So now, uh, if anybody if anybody would like my thirty percent off code, send me a DM on Twitter at hockey underscore jerk because I'm not gonna buy anything. So send me a DM if you want thirty percent off, and you there can you, have it. There you go. And uh, to really put a bow on this shit show, uh, the fanatics. <laughs> I don't know who caught this, but this comes from the Twitter of uh, Carmina Ibanez. Uh, Hey, fanatics, I think there's something wrong with your website. This could be a really weird joke because they had literally pieces of merch, a jersey, a quarter zip or whatever, listed for billions of dollars, like $1.5 billion. There was other ones that were listed for $1.6 billion. Uh, I'm sorry, the fanatics is becoming, it's, it's like a parody of a merchandise store. You know what I mean? Like it's becoming a, an SNL skit at how poorly everything is done by this company. I just how how is this company? How do they still exist? I know if I screwed up this much at my job, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> I, I don't un- get it. The unfortunate thing too is their uh, their tagline. If you listen to any of their commercials, it's oh, um, Christ. it's so it's something like the world leader in sports or something like that, something to that effect. And the sad thing is that that tagline is a hundred percent true. Like they are the leader, and it's not good. I'm just I'm wondering at what point because now we saw earlier over this off season that the NHL signed some sort of like ten year exclusive deal with these jerk offs now the nhl from what i'm gathering the nhl signed this deal so that means that fanatics is going to do the merch for like the all-star game which we saw mm-hmm. them completely botch <laughs> when it was in san jose last january where they they ran out of first off they didn't stock the store fast enough uh, or early enough they didn't put give it enough stock you know they showed up with they had emoji pucks they showed up with the same amount for every team you would have thought that, hey, maybe we double, triple the amount for the San Jose guys that we do for everybody else. No, same amount for everybody. So, of course, what happened within the first hour of FanFest being open, 
all the San Jose Sharks pucks were gone. And then same thing with the jerseys. They like by the second day they had no San Jose jerseys. Had everybody else, not San Jose. So it's a company that completely and consistently consistently mismanages inventory, misma- uh, misjudges demand, and as we know, just puts puts out an abhorrent product. It's horrible. There's no consistency in the coloring. There's no consistency in the sizing. The only consistency is that they suck. That's pretty much it. Uh, I was in the shark store uh, the other day for a Barracuda game. Uh, I went in there to see if they had any uh, Sharks Freak stuff, which not made by Fanatics, which is why I was looking for it. But in the back wall, a row of shark shirts, two different shades of teal, both Fanatics. Okay, keep doing it, what you're doing. But either way, Fanatics signed to deal with the NHL. They're going to do the All-Star stuff. They're going to do the Stanley Cup stuff. You know, good luck to you who wins the Stanley Cup that your merch is going to suck. That you know when you <laughs> when you buy that shirt or that hat to, you know my team finally won it. Whether you were St. Louis or whatever, uh, the team and then you end up with this piece of crap hat that you you know can wear once if it actually fits. But uh, the, <laughs> they did that. The teams. I want to know at some point when do the teams, the ones that our the, the or our the ones that are using. Fanatics. The Sharks are using Fanatics to run their gig. Vegas is not. What jerk? Where would you rather shop? Um, in terms of quality. <laughs> yeah, like quality, design, consistency. Oh, Vegas, a hundred percent. This is what I'm saying. And so. and that I'll I'll say this. Fanatics makes they make really good hats. I do. <laughs> okay, that's a good comment right there. They make... <laughs> AO saying, enter code screw up to add $100 to your total. That's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh, I, see... I wish on the YouTube chat you could like thumb things up. That's great. Uh... Yeah. And, and uh, I got to be, uh, I got to disagree with you. A couple of their hats have been okay, but sure. some have also been like really bad. Okay. But generally speaking, they make a decent hat, but mm, they're not consistent. Sure. But let's say your team wins the Stanley Cup and you're a size large, you might want to pick up a double X just to be safe. Uh, or, or a medium. You don't know. You <laughs> yes, literally yes. have to try everything on. That was the thing. When Reebok was making shit, I never, I never had to try anything oh. on. It was like, oh, is it, you know, does it say LXL? Boom, that'll fit. I, everything was so consistent. Even and, and thing is, even Adidas, like, like my one gripe with Adidas was that um, their stuff ran so like I'm an extra large and in Adidas I would get a 2x so everything ran a little bit smaller mm-hmm. but at least it was everything, consistent everything ran a little bit smaller yeah and I, I I like Adidas stuff I like Reebok stuff and Fanatics hats are okay well so anyway we'll we'll see what happens between now and next week I'm sure Fanatics will find some other new way to screw something up uh, it's, it's what they do apparently. Uh, the other thing I want to get into real for a hot real second. Can somebody explain to me Ticketmaster? <laughs> like, look, I get it. Okay, you're you're a for profit business. I'm not negating that. I'm not disparaging like you should not make any problem. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, however, is you need to explain to me, as you can see from the graphic that I'm showing. This is literally. 
the say a ticket to the same event. This is uh, the Shark Freak Hat Pack, right? And what are the fees? <laughs> you, you, you know, there's a ticket where the base price is forty one bucks, and the fees. Uh, if I uh, if I if I can find my glasses here, seventeen no twelve fifty. Oh, so, oh well, if you add on and then five dollar processing fee. So yes, you're right. Seventeen fifty, seventeen fifty for the forty one dollar ticket. But when the base price goes to one hundred and seventy three, all of a sudden I go from seventeen fifty to twenty six oh five. Why? Like why? Explain to me why <clears throat> my fee, my quote unquote, what what is that? The, the, the service fee, whatever the hell that means. But I just want to know. It's, you have to it's pay a the, ticket. You have to pay. You have to pay the guy at Ticketmaster who clicked confirm. No, it's a, but that's. I, I like I just somebody needs to explain this to me that I don't want to strangle them that it like makes sense like. Why is the fee for the same event, the exact same event, but I'm sitting in a seat that's slightly further away, so all of a sudden my my or I'm sitting in a seat that's slightly closer, my fee goes up like eight bucks. Why is yeah. the service fee based on the price point? That yeah. I, like explain that to me. Like, well, that's that's the whole thing. Like, if, if you're if you're like me. And you you sit up in the nosebleeds with all the quote real fans, or you're like I'm not gonna call anybody out. Uh, if you're like somebody else who who sits down low against the glass or near the glass or whatever, like clicking, you know, click ticket next, entering your credit card, confirm. Like whether you sit way up in the sticks or like down low, you it's the same process and the same amount of effort and energy and time to buy those tickets. So why the order fee is higher, I am unsure. It's not like somebody from Ticketmaster has to go run a freaking marathon to the SAP center and be like, don't sit here because it's, it's all digital. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Cheryl making a great point because they can, that's why yep. they do it. You know, that they, they, they have a friggin' monopoly. I don't know why it's allowed for them to have a monopoly. I thought monopolies were, you know, not kosher in the United States. I thought that, you know, those weren't allowed, but are illegal? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ticketmaster, the, I just, I've got so many tickets, uh, ticket stubs to events that I've went to, whether it was games or concerts or whatever. Not once do I ever remember like, You know, I remember going to uh, pick up tickets at, you know, at a Ticketmaster uh, outlet back when they used to have these things called record stores, ladies and gentlemen. You could also buy concert tickets there. Anyway. What's what's that? Okay. Hashtag. I'm waiting (laughs) for the first person to comment. Okay, boomer. Uh, But the, (laughs) you could go pick up tickets for concerts. And I remember going to uh, pick up uh, tickets for a show at Shoreline. Uh, I was going to hang out in the lawn area with some friends, whereas one of my buddies who I was with, it was like, no, I'm going with my girl and she wants seats. And I was like, okay, well, dude, you know, we'll meet up during intermission or we'll hang out and have a drink before the, the show. No problem. And then we'll meet up after whatever, but yeah, go enjoy your seats. We're going to chill on the lawn. We, you know, his ticket was, I don't know, $60. Mine was $30. You know what the service fees were? Exactly the goddamn same. 
Because it was the same event. It was the same <laughs> amount of shit that you had to go through in order for them to print the ticket and hand it to you, blah, blah, blah. So, right. yeah, I hear that and I'm just like, or, or I, I see this shit with, with Ticketmaster. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I really wish, uh, not like not just the Sharks, just le- teams in general. That I mean, obviously, Ticketmaster is this huge machine, but boy, it would be nice if the league or leagues, as in NHL, NFL, MLB, all got together and said, you know, we want to get together and do our own ticketing. We think we can do a better job than Ticketmaster or whatever. You know, work out some sort of a deal and, like, actually put together something that at least makes it so Ticketmaster is forced to compete. Because right now they aren't. As Cheryl said, because they can. Make it so they can't. Uh, and, you and know, because Cheryl's asking, is it a percentage of the ticket price? Evidently, that seems to be what it is. Uh, it's clearly the fees are tied to how much the ticket price is. Yeah, and it's, and I can understand too. Like, like I know when I was growing, like when I was growing up, and okay, here we go. You said okay, boomer, okay, millennial. But you know, when I was growing <laughs> up, and like when I was growing up, and and you know, I would get like my dad would get tickets, or my mom would get tickets, or whatever. Like. The service fee was because Ticketmaster had to mail you a physical ticket. Uh-huh. You had to print. And, you had to do printing costs and mail yeah. and all that, like physical stuff. I get all that. It's like literally everything is digital now. There is no human involved whatsoever. Yeah, like that's like like that's like that that's like if if you know, let's say AJ and I are going to go to the game together and I have the both tickets and AJ's like, "Okay, can you transfer the ticket to my Sharks account?" Which why would anybody have a Sharks account but for story purposes? And I transfer it and I'm like, "Okay, hey, you know what?" You got to buy me a beer because I had to open two windows on my phone. Like that's, <laughs> that doesn't sound ridiculous to anybody else. Like <laughs> that's all I'm saying is like, and that Cheryl unfortunately is right because they can, and that's that's corporate America for you. And I'm not going to get into this whole diatribe about economic types, but uh, yeah. So it, well, it's bad. Know, so that's why I recommend. That's why I recommend you get close enough with somebody who has season tickets and then when they can't go they're like hey do you want my tickets and i'm like absolutely i do no i do that (laughs) and you know i'm a big proponent of using the Ticketmaster website that has a seating chart that shows you what seats are for sale and then writing down the ones that i'm interested in and then driving to the tank and putting it up on the glass and saying (laughs) these are the seats that i want minus the fucking tm fee and they're like here you go (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I thank you very much. <laughs> Goodbye. I can just, I can just picture you like, I can picture you like, like slow or um, like speed walking up to that window. Oh, you You're have like, no idea. Maybe you've got like a water bottle like in your pocket that's gonna fall out, and then you just you slam that phone on the window, just be like, put it these, on the glass. Yeah, these. <laughs> and oh, like, I am straight <laughs> up Goodwill hunting. Like, give me these apples. <laughs> and you talk about season tickets. Hi yo. Hey you now, know. that's a solid ticket. Yeah, right. And it's <laughs> which uh... could be yours for. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's I, I look at it as the old Eddie Murphy or a takeoff of the old Eddie Murphy joke. It's either you know get season tickets or bang someone who has season tickets. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. But we have visual representation uh, in this short play in this short scene. Uh, the role of Ticketmaster will be played by Scott Hannon. 
The role of Fanatics will be played by Curtis Brown. The role of the average Sharks fan will be played by Brody Brazil. And there you go. I feel so bad for the people that are listening to audio only because they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> yes, That's... which is which is why when we go live, which is apparently every Sunday at 9 o'clock Pacific time, mm-hmm. you should be yeah. YouTube.com slash Teal Town USA. We, we have a good time. We have a good time, let me tell you. Clearly. <laughs> Evidently, Rocket woke, woke up late, but other than that, we're having a good time. Uh, let, let's just, you know, let, let's hit him up again just because for the for the lulls. Keller upended. Carlson's going to go. Tripping the call. Our Coors Light refreshing finish. <laughs> I can just watch angry Eric Carlson all day. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, so we should probably uh, mention a couple other things before we get the hell out of here. Um, I've said it before. What? I said before we mercifully get out of here. Yes, yes. Sorry <laughs> to take up a, an hour and a half of your time, but what the hell else did you have to do? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, it, it's <laughs> it's only Sunday. What, are you going to go to work tomorrow? Lame. Yeah, right? Uh, for those of you who are unaware, uh, but I'm going to mention it again, a couple of weeks ago we talked to Shark to president John Totora about what is in the pipeline coming to and around SAP Center in regards to the arrival of BART, the Diridon station expansion, and of course, the massive Googleplex and how that is going to affect the experience of going to Sharks games or any events at SAP Center. Uh, if you're concerned about parking or arrivals and leaving, all the different things that come into account with that, uh, suggest you totally go and check out that interview, listen to what John had to say. I think on a few, few certain things, you're going to be relieved as a fan and a couple other things you you're going to go let's wait and see (laughs) uh we should be talking basically because it's that time of the that i see i don't want to say it's that time of the month because that invokes something else uh every couple of weeks we talk to nick nolenberger and get his vibe on what's going on with the barracuda that should be happening this week also we plan on doing a special interview uh, I don't want to give anything away right now because nothing is totally confirmed, but I do plan on doing a special interview this week. Um, not with one of our rivals, but just let's say we I plan on talking to somebody who, uh, who somebody I respect immensely. Let me just put it that way. I can't say that about a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, but look forward to that. That should be dropping either Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, should be fine. Should be fun. Should be all the all the cool things. Uh, anything else going on? Oh, yeah, there's a couple more hockey games being played. Uh, we got Washington at home. Uh, you know, Sharks, after this ridiculous run, only have to face the best team in the league. That should be a party. And then they get to go on a run in the southeastern part of the United States. What is it? It's like Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, and what, Nashville, I want to say. So, yeah, it could be. Uh, still, I think it's a pretty decent schedule. Like, as great as November, you know, 11 of 15 at home. Fantastic. As great as that was and as uh, 
beneficial to the Sharks as that was, I feel like December is not that bad. Like, I think they have the opportunity, obviously. If, you know, is Edmonton, is this hashtag unsustainable what they're doing right now? Like, will McDavid and Dreisaitl hit a wall at some point? Well, now, consider, considering it is December the 1st in the year of our Lord, and they they both have 50 points, which is stupid, uh, I, I, I think it will be sustained uh, for maybe a little bit longer. But that said, and we've talked about it, uh, you know, we've been talking about it for weeks. And you just, you pull up HockeyDB, shout out, friend of the show, and you look at their stats. McDavid, 51. Dreisaitl, 50. Cashian, 19. They are very lucky that the goaltending is doing well for them because oh, yeah. they're second in the division, and that's all well and good, or now, first in the division, or wherever they are. But is this all Koskinen, or is this like both? Uh, you know, I'm not totally familiar with the situation in goal. I just know that it was a lot of tag teaming the last couple of years. But has someone stepped up? Uh I they it's hard to say. I mean, they who's they, the other guy they, besides Koskinen? Is it a guy from Arizona? It's Mike. It's Mike Smith. Yeah, Smith. <laughs> noted noted shark killer. But I mean it's yeah. it's pretty much split right down the middle in terms of starts. I mean, Koskinen's played sixteen games, Mike Smith has played fifteen. Um so they're getting a split, which two headed I mean, monster. Right, which and <laughs> of course, you know, any one is better than Cam Talbot, that goes without saying. Um Boy, he so, did, he did have one really good week though. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. the, so they're going the two headed monster route. Uh thankfully not paying the money. Of a Niemi and Letnin, but two-headed monster nonetheless. Yeah, I, I mean the the cash. If both of them start to play really poorly, then that Koskinen contract, especially, might be a little sus. But I think they're both playing. They're both playing well right now, and so it's working for them. But like I said, if the goaltending goes away, or if for some reason McDavid and Drysaddle can't score three points a game anymore. I, I think Edmonton's really going to be in trouble. And especially too, with the RFA deadline coming and going today and Pulley RV not re-signing or being traded for an asset, Oilers are going to get no help from that area of expertise or yeah. So they're probably going to have to either roll with what they have, or they're going to have to trade a different asset. But I, no pun intended. I think Edmonton's on thin ice. All right. Uh, now what about Arizona? sustainable don't you don't i'm just saying dude clayton (laughs) keller how many goals does he have on a man net (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah i'll i'll um i'll tip my hat to you on that one i i more than anything i think you need to see more from clayton keller i mean i know we've talked about this but you know he he signed the big ticket contract uh over the summer obviously signing it a year out from expiring which it's a big contract and he's got 16 points in 28 games, which is not awful. But if you're making seven plus million dollars a season, that's got to be like 28 points in 28 games and especially only four goals. And I don't know how many of them are on a man net. I'd have to look into it, but Arizona they're they're kind of in a position where like they're doing really well and they could stand to get better. You know, their, their second best defenseman, Nick Jalmerson has been injured since the fifth game of the season. And he's not going to be back until I want to say January. So once he comes back for them, obviously that's huge. So who's your, who's your top pair then? Are you talking OEL and daddy at this point? 
Um, I, I mean, it's obviously OEL, but, uh, his defense partner, uh, in their last game, which was obviously against the Sharks was, yeah, Jason Demers. Um, and then you obviously have Chikrin, Goligoski, Labushkin, Osterley, which is not a bad six, but you get Jalmerson into that mix even better on the back end for them. Darcy Kemper and Auntie Ranta has been a very good pair for them in goal. And then... Well, and to tie that into for you know for the fans that are unaware, but to tie that into a shark thing, remember, Jarmelson is the guy that back in 2010 the Sharks went for from Chicago and ended up taking the Emmy <laughs> <laughs> after the basically Chicago matched the the offer. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that and also uh, they're getting good goaltending. If Jarmelson comes back, the defense is better. But also, and I know I believe it was Ao who pointed it out in the chat as well. Uh, Phil Kessel and like you talked about Clayton Keller are both and even Derek Stepan a little bit are all underperforming if Do, those three like case of Arizona needs better flavor of hot dogs <laughs> I couldn't tell you what it was I mean Keller's Kessel and and Stepan that was their top line for a hot minute which is a damn good line if if those three guys can get going Arizona's gonna really be fighting for that top spot in the division and it's you know like i said they're they're playing really well and they're still not playing their best if that makes any sense no absolutely does and uh let, let excuse me while i whip this out <laughs> but we're gonna take a, a hot peek at the shark schedule at this point we've gone so long i don't even care how much longer it goes sorry for those of you listening on the audio feed um let's see arizona we the Sharks take them on Tuesday the seventeenth. So the, again, like I was saying, you got Washington, but then at Carolina, who's fourth in theirs right now. Tampa Bay disappointment at sixth. Uh, yeah. Florida kind of a shocker at second right. in their division. And remember, really. Tampa and Florida eh, a little bit. Uh, Tampa and Florida back. To, well, clearly the bigger shock is Tampa being where they are versus Florida being where they are, but. That's a uh, back to my back to back. You would assume Dell's going to get a start in there somewhere. Then at Nashville, that could be a tough game. Although Nashville, not the Nashville that we've seen the last couple of years, they seem to be kind of mm, hit and miss. Then you get the Rangers. Who God is anybody talking about the Rangers? Vancouver. That's going to be a tough game. And remember, right now Vancouver's sitting at I think f- what sixth, right? No fifth, fifth because you got Vegas and then Vancouver, I believe. Um, yeah. Vancouver so, is in fourth actually right now, but they're, oh, they're ahead of with, Vegas. Vancouver is ahead. Vancouver's in fourth, but they're tied with Vegas in fifth and Calgary in sixth. So Oof. either it way, could, it could fall at any way. Well, in Vancouver, so that's going to be a tough game um, for Vancouver. You know, they're going to be fighting to get back in. And like I said, Arizona, then you get the Stanley cup champion, St. Louis blues, who right now I believe are back in the division lead. Yes. Uh, in the division lead by a pretty comfortable margin. Yeah. Okay. Well, conference lead too, yes? Uh, by three points, yeah. Yeah, so you have that. Uh, Philadelphia. They've been really hot in November. Yeah, it, but this game happens in December. <laughs> also true. But for for reference, they for reference, they got 24 points in November, which is only which is two more than the Sharks got in November. Yeah. Uh, then they finish out the month at Detroit. That should be fun at the dojo. Again, for another year, I, I, this seems to be a trend. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, and I, I'll need to go back and look at some of my schedules here. But it seems that, yes, I'm looking at it from 
the what was this seventeen eighteen season that the Sharks played at Dallas on New Year's Eve. Then the year before that played at L.A. on New Year's Eve. So it seems to be a running gag for the NHL that the Sharks typically spend uh, New Year's Eve away from their yeah. families. Uh, that That's in- pretty consistent. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I don't know if it was at Dallas. There was somewhere. No, it wasn't that. Was it last season, I want to say? Uh, I can't remember where they played, but I remember like a photo being like put on Instagram or something where they like celebrated New Year's Eve in the air. Mm-hmm. Like they were holding up, you know, a couple of players were holding up cocktails and maybe it was like Timo and somebody else. But either way, uh, again, the Sharks play on the road on New Year's, but that's the start of a five game roadie that's not going to be easy. Uh, well, with the exception of starting at Detroit, uh, <laughs> at <laughs> Pittsburgh, at Columbus, at Washington, at St. Louis. Uh, you know what a really other odd scheduling quirk that I noticed this season that, that kind of stood out to me a couple days ago? Do you know that the Sharks, I think, seven times this season, and I don't ever remember seeing this ever before, seven times this season the Sharks played the same team in in a calendar week? I uh, Usually we see uh, – again, I'm going to dazzle you with my memory of stupid details – we usually see that with Edmonton in November and Vancouver in February. Yeah, and I think I've, we've even seen it once or twice, like towards the end of April, where we've seen something silly. When did that happen with like Calgary? Like two or three seasons oh, ago, it was like yeah. in the last seven games of the season, we played Calgary twice, Edmonton twice, and like LA twice or something. Yeah, no last last season, last season the last the last seven games of the year, it was like. It was Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, Colorado, or something to that Here, effect. So well, hold on, I've got the uh, the sixteen seventeen <laughs> schedule. The last six games at Edmonton, at Calgary, at Vancouver, hosting Vancouver, hosting Edmonton, hosting Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> so this, you know, it's not like this hasn't happened before, but you know that's. That all happening at the end of the season, that you know, that was that was clearly weird. And I guarantee you, the times when the Sharks weren't playing a particular team, those two, you know, what did I say? It was all versus Western Canada. So I'm sure when the Sharks were playing Vancouver, that's when Edmonton and Calgary were facing each other, and so on and so forth. Well, uh, but this season, there was what was it? There's uh, the week. Well, remember there was the home uh, home and home uh, with Buffalo. There was home and that? home with Vegas. Right. Yes. Then uh, what did we just do? Oh, there was Edmonton on the twelfth. Then a week later on the nineteenth. Then you had L.A. Uh, twice in four days. And what's the? Uh, either way, if you go through the schedule, you'll see. Oh, Columbus on the fourth, and then again on the ninth of January. So either way, and this happens like seven times a season. I can't ever remember it happening like that. Like three times, maybe. Not not seven. Seems odd. Well, and, and you know what, when you, you know, when you obviously go in depth of schedules as much as we do, you'll start to notice that <laughs> the NHL schedule makers, they have certain quirks that they, that they like to bring back on a regular basis where, um, you know, like I talked about, like it's, you'd have to go back and really dig into it, but it pretty regularly the last, I don't know, the last five years, we've seen a situation where 
either Edmonton or Vancouver. The Sharks will play them at home and at away in the same week. And then the following week, (laughs) the following week, they play them at home again. We've seen that pretty consistently. We also saw from like 2009 to I think 2016 or 17, the Sharks would play Chicago. Oh, the night before Thanksgiving. The night before Thanksgiving every year. And, and like you, and like you talked about as well, AJ, the last two or three years, I think the Sharks have had like three division home and homes in the last two weeks of the season, like the last two or three years. And then it also seems to be that the, the Sharks play either they play in Vegas, either the night before the night after Thanksgiving, which is also true. And, you start to see with schedules, and you can go back and look. You start to see these these trends and these quirks that come up on a pretty regular basis. I it's funny. I can actually remember specifically. So the, this year, like I said, Sharks played Edmonton on the twelfth of November and then the nineteenth of November, a week apart of home games. I remember to the awful season fourteen fifteen. I went to a game in November against the Edmonton Oilers, and I remember thinking to myself, "Didn't they just play them here last week?" <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So Dude, uh, I, it's definitely seen it before. So a, a buddy of mine, uh, his birthday is November 21st, right? Okay. And usually, you know, just based on the date, some a lot of times, more often than not, it will come cl- pretty damn close to whenever Thanksgiving hits, right? Mm-hmm. And so for it, it was like an annual thing for his birthday. Let's go to a Sharks game for your birthday. And so we'd go to Sharks games. And I just, it's like, how many goddamn times are we going to see the Sharks versus the Blackhawks? (laughs) It seemed like like seven straight years. That's what it was. And then like one year it was like Carolina and we all went, what? And, you know. And and, and I remember that too because it was a whole big thing when that stopped happening because in November. Now, why did that stop? It was because like they they stopped hosting the circus at United yeah, Center or something? Yeah, in in November the circus was always consistently at the United Center, which is what forced the Blackhawks on a lengthy road trip the week before and and of Thanksgiving and and also too if you can dial it back as well and remember from probably I want to say 2006 to maybe 2014 or 2015 Oh, the SAP Open at the tank. Yeah, the the SAP Open tennis tournament at the tank would always Every February, like you could set your watch to it. Every February, the Sharks would take a six-game road trip to the East Coast in February. Yeah. You used to be able to set your watch to it. Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. Love that that's not happening anymore. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) So, Uh, for schedule quirks with uh, Jerk and AJ, you can... (laughs) You know, can I I just show this again? Because I just like showing it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I just... I don't know if they rehearse this. Or what it was, but just seeing Curtis and Hannon totally involved, and then Brody just realizing, yeah, I'm not that guy. Now it'd be really funny though, too, is that if for some reason at one point Brody they like brought in a broadcaster for whatever reason. I'm trying to think who they would use in that spot. Uh, I don't know, Cozumore or something. And, and, you know, I got to say, Jim Cozumore, not the biggest fan of his work on TV. <laughs> so a, some, boy, that guy tries to fill air where there doesn't need to be any air filled some days. I'm just <laughs> hell of a nice guy. Insanely nice guy. Just uh, if you go back and look at some of the times that he had to fill in for Brody, it's a little cringe inducing. 
Like, and it has nothing to do with the chemistry with him and Brody or whoever he's, or with him and Brownie or whoever he's with. It's just sometimes you can, he just says something, things that you just kind of go, what was that? What was the point of that? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, so I think that's it. Uh, I will give you, because we've already run hella long, uh, it's going to be a two hour show, which I think is insanely funny. We're going to get this to a tight 45 at some point. I promise you that people either that or, (laughs) or you know what we're going to do is we're just going to have to dial it into two shows. One's going to be about the sharks and then the one's going to be about like everything else. Um, or third option, the fans who love listening to us can just keep on keeping on. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, 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 we've got how many live viewers here? We got twenty-seven live viewers here. I guarantee you, none of them would tell us to wrap it up. Okay, well, funny you should bring that up. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put this out, and I think there's what about a thirty to forty-five second delay between the words that are coming out of my mouth and when the people that are watching actually hear it. And Mandela. Can... <laughs> Mandela. Mandela. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just you know i want to go watch rush hour uh so i'm gonna put it out to the comments the people watching right now anything you want to ask us i don't care if it has to do with the sharks i don't care if it has to do with other teams in the nhl or if it has to do with like what kind of music we're listening to right now just, just ama right now ask us anything and uh there you go uh and while we wait for that to marinate and get out to everybody uh again check out the tutorial interview new in the reef will become an episode five of all about the barracuda uh, again another uh interview that i'm kind of jacked about which should be fun and also looking at talking to mr one jamie baker uh so that should be fun and it's uh oh oh i'm such a fool we talked to Drew Remenda on Halloween. I can't believe I didn't get him on at the end because that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to have him on at the end of every month. So I'll be reaching out to Remenda and see how fast we can do at least, you know, 25, 30 minutes with him to find <laughs> out, uh, you know, what. obviously the month of October did not go so well. November, hi-yo, much better. So <laughs> Jessica, you- how was your Thanksgiving? There you go. Jerk. Uh my mine was very good. Uh, I, you know, I, I feel like with Thanksgiving, it's always there's always the debate where okay, do you take it slow? You kind of parcel everything out, and well, you traveled, just, didn't you? Dude, did I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. For those who don't know, I don't live in San Jose anymore. For Thanksgiving, I came back to San Jose, went to the Sharks games against Winnipeg and Los Angeles. Um, but to go to Thanksgiving, also had to drive. In addition to flying, so that was a whole thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, Drive from where? What'd you do? Fly to Sacramento? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, no, I flew to San Jose, but where we went to Thanksgiving was oh, was uh, like North Bay. Um, gotcha. Santa Rosa, uh, Petaluma. I got you. Yeah. So uh, no, Thanksgiving was good. There's always the debate. Okay, do you take it slow, parcel everything out, or do you just floor it and go for it? And the last in the last couple of years. And, and I'm not talking about alcohol, by the way. I am talking about food. Um, Why do you should last... say that? <laughs> while I pour, last... excuse me, while I pour this out. <laughs> the last couple of years, you know, I, you took it slow because, especially like, especially when you drive somewhere for Thanksgiving, you don't want to like, you don't want to just eat a bunch of food. Shout out Happy Hops. You don't want to sh- uh, just eat a bunch of food, and then when you're driving, it's like, oh my god, I want to go to sleep, but I have to drive two and a half hours. So you know, you take it slow. But then this year, I was like, you know what? 
Poundtown? F it. I'm just going to... Oh, man, I ate so much food. It was crazy. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I'm, I'm right there in the middle with you. I, was, I had to go uh, kind of Upper East Bay, mm-hmm. San Ramon area, so and, you know about an hour away. And I was the same way. It was like solid plate, didn't go crazy. But yeah, little turk, little corn, little stuff, a uh, little potato, little yam, and uh, got a little, little, little bit of everything. And then, uh, luckily, uh, the family that uh, that I that I've married into, they <laughs> don't know how to uh, moder- cook in moderation. <laughs> There's seven people to them. That means cook for twenty. <laughs> they basically say it's like however many people are there there will be three times the amount of food so that was the whole thing it was have the cool little plate and then know that i'm going to take home a nice uh you know bag of uh to go and, and basically have the same meal for the next three days in a row and not have any problems with it because it was all awesome well and it's funny that you say that because you know where 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 I went for Thanksgiving. There were um, you do just quick math in my head. There were uh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There were thirteen of us, and uh, so you know uh, the fam the family member whose home I was at. You know they were pulling everything out, getting everything prepared. And one of the grocery bags they had had like like twenty like cheap like plastic like containers and i'm like what are those for and she's like this is so we don't get stuck with a bunch of food we're sending everybody with something (laughs) (laughs) i was like i love it (laughs) it's great that's bomb (laughs) yeah no it's fantastic and aside from jessica nobody wants to know anything like this is your time to know like all of our dirty secrets that yeah. aren't about hockey. This is your time. This is our getting to know you segment. And everybody's kind of like, I, you know what? What I know about these assholes, that's already too much. <laughs> <laughs> I came here for hockey. I didn't come here for Thanksgiving talk. <laughs> yeah, right? All I'm saying is this is your chance. This is your chance. I know. So, do you think uh, that we will see anything change with well i should put it this way you think the the sharks are just going to dive more into the cuda pool whether it's blickfeld um like you're you're tyken you know he had a couple decent games here and there but you know no he definitely needs to put some consistency together um i loves me some hobgawaks but he's just too tiny for me um but Blickfeld seems to be a guy who's going to get a Shemlevsky, after being injured for so long, seems to be putting things in the right order. Uh, obviously, with DeBoer doing the whole roll seven because Radil sucks, or I think mm-hmm. this guy sucks. Uh, do, do you think we're going to see anybody else called up, like a Blickfeld or anything like that? Before, uh, well, I, I should say that because right now, what do the Sharks have in cap space? Like 800K? I mean, that's nothing. Uh, yeah, 890,000, I believe. But, you know, Oof. you send. But thing is, you send uh, you send a guy, um, a guy like Gregor or Gambrell down, all of the sudden that turns into 1.6 mil. You can call up another forward. Wave, um, wave, prout, wave, prout, wave prout. <laughs> Well, that's the sucky thing. You can't 
wave a guy who's on LTIR. Um, uh, just, <laughs> you know what? Just load them up with uh, what? What's that stuff called? You know, it's supposed to make everything feel good, and you know, like you don't feel anything. Whatever Russian it is. gas. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Either way, yeah, get them feeling uh, better. I yeah I. I don't know. I I think if I think if like I talked about earlier, I think if Gregor and Gambrell and Melka Carlson, I think if that can be an effective line, I don't think we see the Cuda pool dug into too much. But if all of a sudden, you well, know, if, Gre- if he's healthy, um, obviously, but um, you know, if 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 Gregor and Gambrell are going to go another twelve games without scoring, maybe a Blickfeld or a Chemlevsky does come up. But if they're going to play consistent minutes and chip in here and there, then I don't see a reason to call anybody up, especially. I mean, the Barracuda, we, we talk about the fourth line being a revolving door. With all the call-ups and scratches and moving around, the Barracuda could use them some stability themselves. Um, yeah, but that's not what they're, you know, that doesn't matter. They're all about feeding the big club, so. Right. Oh, we have another question. AJ. Hold on. Uh, it Let says you play guitar. What are you rocking? Uh, well, I have three, well, four, including an acoustic. I've got an Ibanez acoustic. Uh, a Gibson Explorer, a Fender Telecaster, and an ESP Hybrid 2. Uh, but oh, and a Line 6 amplifer. Used to and have I, a used to have a Marshall, but the uh, you know what the Line 6 offers a lot more flexibility. And I have recently found my recorder from fourth grade. So there you go. Hey now, <laughs> I, I look forward to. Oh, next week on the next week on the podcast, if you want, I can just blow into it in my microphone. <laughs> there you go. Hockey related. If there is moolah, who do you target and get at the deadline? Well, I, see, I don't think it's worth going there. I appreciate the question, Jess, but I don't think it's worth going to unless there is moolah. And right now, like between what Jerk was saying, the only way you get any moolah, unfortunately, I think, is if you move Dylan because he's got the most movable contract and he's got good value right now. Like I, I can exactly. see the Sharks moving him just because, like, will he be any more valuable right now? And you already know that you're already kind of up against the cap. And if Dylan's going to require a raise, which I think he should, even if it's not that significant, like, what's he at right now? Like 3.3, just under 3.3? We're talking about Brendan Dillon here? Yeah. It's three Brendan point, Dillon is making 3.27. Yeah, so, yeah, 3.3. Um, also, because you already got rid of Braun, who I believe was making 3.8. So correct. I, I think that Dillon probably would get a raise to, like, 3.8, maybe 4. Um, um, so Is he worth gonna... that? Yes. Uh, but does that fit into the Sharks' plans? I don't think so. And I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the counterpoint here. Even if Dylan's value has never been higher, if you want to be a Stanley Cup team, you don't trade him, regardless of what happens. Doesn't that depend on the piece that he brings back, though? Yes, but as we've talked about many times on this podcast, Dylan has been one of the best defensemen at playing defense. And I think if the Sharks Seems were to, to leave... be in short supply right now, in San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> if if the Sharks lose that, I think it seriously hurts their team. And it and it's the same thing last year. Like everybody was saying, oh, Pavelski is going to have 40 goals this year. We should trade him. And it's like, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, you're not trading your leading goal scorer. That's just asinine. So yeah. I think if the Sharks want to win the Stanley Cup, they keep Brendan Dillon no matter what. All right. 
I think do I? It's a lot. It's a let's just say there's a lot of hockey to be played between now and the deadline. We'll see. What oh, hundred percent. February twenty fourth is very far away. Yeah. So, uh, do you call up true? Say um, it with them. Say okay. Let's say it at the same time, jerk. One, two, three. No. No. <laughs> and that's that's really unfortunate because for those who don't know alexander true is uh, my favorite player on the barracuda i do have an alexander true jersey however he has done okay this season but compared to last season he has struggled mm-hmm. um so i would like to see him turn his ahl game around before he uh gets called up and again still 22 he's got all the time in the world to turn it around but i think if he wants to make the nhl he's going to have to turn it around big time before he gets um, I gotta say, I'm I'm kind of sad that we're not getting more non-hockey questions in here. Maybe that's just me. Hey, I you know, hey, what you gonna do? It would have been <laughs> nice, but there. Uh, I'm those... talking here. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'm talking a little hockey here. You guys can't ask a one a question. We got we got thirty people watching, and you know, nobody want to ask a question. That's why we do what do we do. Okay, so because of that, then I'm just gonna throw this back at you. I've never blocked a shot, but I awkwardly bumped into a bar stool once. <laughs> once? <laughs> Don't underestimate yourself. <laughs> Actually, that's not the one I want to throw at you. I want to throw at you video of my future ex wife. Get a fucking napkin and wipe it off my shit now! First, it's in my hair, then it's on my claws, it's on my boyfriend's shirt. You're gonna sit here like a pussy? And I'd so want to sit next to her at a game sometime. <laughs> Wouldn't that be outstanding? Oh, that would just be beautiful. I would love to sit next to her at a game sometime. Just could you imagine the stuff that would come out of that girl's mouth? Wow. Ooh. Okay, so race fan rocks here. One non-hockey question: French dip sandwich or hot pastrami? Neither. I'm gonna go with the hot roast beef from Togo's. Well. See, but here's the here's the thing though. He uh, or she, I don't want to make uh, any presumptions, but uh, race races fan rocks four did not stipulate what eating establishment we're talking about. Now, also true. If you yeah, if we're talking French dip versus hot pastrami, like are we talking Harry's Hofbrau? Or are we talking Togos? Or are we talking Amados? I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go with this. Three really solid places. I'm I'm very sad that Harry's Hofbrau over in Santa Clara closed. Right. Very sad. There's of course also... I don't I don't live in the Bay Area anymore, so it doesn't matter. But I'm still sad. Yes. Uh, there's you know who who shockingly does a good. Oh shit! Here we go with the with now we're you're sending us into the food rabbit hole. We might <laughs> not come out. Uh, <laughs> uh, who does a killer French dip is Black Bear Diner. Bizarrely Interesting. enough, they Interesting. do killer dip. And then um, California Sourdough at Broca on Oakland Road. They do a killer sourdough sandwich. You can either do a roast beef or a pastrami or whatever. 
Uh, but the thing is, these assholes, they're only open from like 10.30 to 2, Monday through Friday. Like, figure that out. I understand how you stay in business being open four hours a day, but sure. <laughs> Just saying. But, yeah. Um, but, well, wait a minute. French did both of the, Neither of those are Philly cheesesteaks. So, uh, fr- <laughs> uh, you know, hot pastrami. Um, God. Oh. You know, I'm kind of leaning towards California sourdough. French dip, I'm going to say black bear. And I love me yeah. some togas, but their pastrami is not the best. I was going to say, I, I will say, since I'm not a fan of pastrami, I am going to go with French dip. Um, but again, if you put a gun to my head and just say you can get one sandwich, it's got to oh, be roast. Oh, one togas. of the other? Yeah, I'm with you. I, yeah, then I'm going French dip. I think we might have taken that question a little bit further than it needed to be. But yes, French dip. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm just very passionate about sandwiches. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, you like Togo's was started in San Jose. You got to go with the local brand, of course. But I ate yeah. at the very first Togo's before they turned it, uh, tore it down. But really? man, and yeah, it was hella small too, dude. Hella <laughs> small. It was. Uh, have you ever been to um, Top Dog? I've heard of it. Okay, there, so there's one in Berkeley. There was also it, I, there used to be like the original Top Dog. It was like, oh, God, I want to say it was like 11th and was it Sam, not San Fernando. It was San, I want to say maybe San Salvador and 11th, uh-huh. but it's right at the corner where you've got like, there's like a 7-Eleven, there's a Nagley Street garage, there's like a bagel shop with coffee, but in the back corner is what used to be Top Dog. I forget what it's called now. It's like somebody took it over and now it's called like Crazy Dog or, or Highest Dog <laughs> or something but it's not quite the same but it's but it's still it's a really small place that's what Togo's the original one was like and it used to be like a block off of San Jose State but uh, yeah I remember Oh wait the the original Togo's is still there if I'm not mistaken Well then they built around it or something but yes. I just Okay yes they 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 upgraded it but the original because i think if i'm remembering correctly i think in that in the togos by san jose state university i believe the original togos is like sectioned off and you can go like sit in that part of it but the togos itself is still there um nice and for all of you making the age jokes in the chat yeah (laughs) uh the dude i'm like john Tavares on the bench i've seen some shit (laughs) <laughs> man you know what you know what though i'm i hate to do this and but you said a mottos and it's making me think of how the sap center needs a new philly cheesesteak all i'm saying is a should get in there get into the sap center i mean oh, if you want to get into if you want to get into logistics uh for those who know or don't know um you go to a and you want to get a soda with your philly cheesesteak the soda that they have is pepsi who sponsors the sharks so logistically who, it's doable <laughs> so so the the truck stop not the truck what do they call it the launch kitchen the test kitchen whatever it's called yep. they had for the first month it was a grilled cheese thing which was good i enjoyed very it. good i loved yes. it yep then the second month it was uh what was it, it was loves loves me some cheesesteak or it was some sort of a cheesesteak that place pl- that place is hella good too it was it was good the place that they've replaced it with for for the next you know truck that they're bringing in I can't remember what it is, but I I haven't heard I heard really good things about the cheese uh, the grilled cheese and the cheesesteak. The place that has replaced it so far, I have not heard good things. Well, Just there saying. you go. 
Um, all I'm saying is if, right, Staples, but, if Staples Center can have a McDonald's, why can't we have a Mottos? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, best pizza. You can vamp on this for a moment. I'll be back. Oh, no. I feel like, okay, hello, chat. AJ has gone to get a drink, evidently, or something. Uh, so best pizza. You know what? I feel like I'm going to get murdered for this, but I I really love me some round table pizza and, you know, four in the net pizza you get, obviously. Um, I don't know. There's just something about round table and don't get me, it's damn expensive. That's why you got to go to the lunch buffet 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on weekdays. But round table pizza, is, it's very it's just so good, you know. Um, but I think if you want to go like the non-conventional route um obviously stuffed pizza is really good um which is where we had we had the teal town usa viewing party um at stuffed pizza in milpitas there's only uh, three acceptable answers to this question bebo's in willow Glen, slice of new york in san jose stuffed pizza in milpitas everything else is shit so i i said my favorite pizza place is round table um but yeah i know i know i know it's because i'm a millennial i'm a millennial i'm simple no dude i grew up on round table uh you know, I was a kid, growed up, you know, growed up on on the Dominoes, <laughs> yeah, which which lasted for a hot second. That was like, yeah, that that wasn't good. Because remember, you know, when you're a kid, nine, ten, eleven years old, all pe- you know, you know, that's what is it? Pizza's like sex. There's no such thing as bad pizza or bad sex. Uh, <laughs> Dominoes, well, you know, it's the old joke. Dominoes was like having sex with a corpse made of sandpaper. Jesus. So, <laughs> uh, Little Caesars, not much better. In fact, I would do sometimes I do Little Caesars just for the crazy bread, not for the oh. pizza. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, but did the Straw Hat, did Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut never liked Pizza Hut, but Straw Hat I thought was decent. Uh, but yeah, out of all of them, Round Table, definitely like my favorite of the chains. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, Pizza My Heart, like way too greasy. Yeah. Way yeah. too greasy. I, I I will I'll say this because you mentioned slice of New York, very good. Love mm-hmm. slice of New York. Rosie's on the Alameda is very yep. good. Dick went there a lot. Went went there a lot in high school and college. Um, Rosie's is obviously really good. Um, I'll be honest, and it's weird that I know this. I haven't had stuffed pizza since two thousand and nine. Oh. I I still hold it to a very high standard because when I had it, oh my. God, it was so good, and it was like it was one of those things where you get it, and it's so good where it's like crap. I gotta go back, come back here in like a week and get it again, and I did. <laughs> and it's oh my god, stuffed pizza so good. I haven't had it in ten years, which makes me very upset. So next time in San Jose, I might make that happen. Um, but yeah, no round table, round <laughs> table definitely best of the chains. Uh, I, I will say for the price, Little Caesars is pretty good, but you're right. The the crazy bread is is out of this world. And But w- I remember when I was a kid growing up, Round Table, shout out, four in the net pizza you get. They had a pizza. It was called, oh, my God. It was called the Big Vinny. Yeah, and, there was a whole commercial, a whole thing based yeah. around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a pepperoni pizza, but the crust was, was, the crust was their garlic twists. Yeah. It has changed my life. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And I'm I don't recall if I I definitely thought it, but I think I might send them a DM and tell them to bring the big Vinny back because my lord it was good. 
Dude, we we gotta sit here and be like, and now foodie time. <laughs> I was gonna Jerk say, and AJ. I I feel like I feel like when when you do this in post, I feel like the end of the hockey talk and then our outros just clip those together and be like, that's the podcast. No, no, I'm not clipping jack shit this time. It's like you know, <laughs> I, all in. You know what? Okay, Jose saying Tony and Alba's is the best pizza in Bay Area. I'll be honest, I haven't been there since I was a kid, but from what I remember, it was good. It's it's good. Uh, would it make my top five? I don't know. Again, uh, Bebo's, Slice of New York, Stuffed. Uh, Rosie's might be my number four. Uh, I don't know if Tony and Alba's would do it or not. I'd have to... So, to I've, I've, I've also heard a, there's supposed supposedly a place in either Morgan Hill or Gilroy that I need to check out. Oh, and there's a place in Redwood City, actually, that would be in my top four. It would knock Rosie's out called Speederia. They did a um, garlic chicken pesto. Mm-hmm. Life-changing. <laughs> Life-changing. It, but is, it has changed my life. Yeah, but there is a place I've heard I, evidently in like Morgan Hill or Gilroy somewhere in I'll, in the deep what I refer to as the deep south of the Bay Area, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. No disrespect, uh, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You know what, Jessica? Yes, Pizza Factory is really good too. I do like me some Pizza Factory. See, the thing I'm not I'm not here's a fan thing, of Pizza Factory. Here, here's the thing with Pizza Factory and pizza in general. So. It, to me, what constitutes a good pizza is, you know, you can wake up the next morning and the pizza's been sitting on the counter all night and you can go take a bite, no problem. Round table is really good with that. Um, eh, Domino's See? is a little sus. But I will say stuffed pizza, or Jesus, Pizza Factory, very, very, very good fresh. But you get that like one day on the counter kind of deal. Eh, it's not that great. Oh, see, stuffed to me, stuffed is one of those places like, yeah, you you leave it on the counter for like five or six hours, you can go back to the box and it's still pretty decent, absolutely, or you throw it in the, you know, you keep it in the box, throw it in the fridge the next morning, if you can eat it cold, uh, then then you know it's badass, and Mm -hmm. that stuffed is one you can eat really well cold, but also you throw it in in the microwave for like 30, 35 seconds. Still bomb, like they they do. That's the one thing about New York pizza doesn't reheat the best, but that stuffed pizza reheats just. <laughs> so and it's funny Chicago, we've had the Chicago deep dish pizza. That that's not that's not pizza. That is marinara soup <laughs> in a bread bowl. Yeah, that is an yeah. above ground swimming pool for rats. <laughs> Yeah, personally, I'm not a fan of deep dish pizza for, like you said, just too much sauce on it. Um, I mean, if you want a deep dish pizza, you might as well have lasagna. I um, love, dude, I love sauce, but you know how I know that that's not pizza? They call it deep dish pizza or Chicago pizza, Chicago style pizza or whatever. You know what we call New York pizza? Pizza. <laughs> Uh, so that's, yeah, you can see all of this with John Stewart, but yeah, this is. Uh, no, D- deep, D- yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a casserole. I want to mm. know when I get drunk and pass out that I'm not going to drown on my pizza, and that's what's <laughs> going to happen with Chicago pizza. Okay. And so I've noticed too, whenever we talk about pizza, you always put Bebo's in your top five. Now, now don't get me wrong, well, Bebo's is top two. Top sure. Now don't get me wrong, Bebo's is good. 
but I don't think it's top five good. Just my own personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's all good. Well, I mean, okay. Now I'm talking locally. All time, uh, numero uno, and it pisses me off that it. Oh, I already know what you're gonna say. I already know what you're gonna say. Grimaldi's. Yep, I already knew you were gonna say that. Go to the Palazzo, my friend. Grimaldi's. <laughs> Oofa. Damn, that is some good pie. That is life-altering pie right there. <laughs> All right, so we've done pizza, we've done sandwiches. Anything else before we like end this shit show? <laughs> like where yes. to get the best like meatloaf, or where to get the best? <laughs> Ma meatloaf. Uh, d- dude, I'm like ready to go with steak. Like, are we gonna ta- start talking about like filet mignon versus like uh, prime rib? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, it's time. So I can't believe this, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, it's the funny. It's the longest technologist yet. Yeah, dude. Like When there's three of us, it's like hour 10. Two of us, 2.15. Show up next week. I'll be here by myself three hours minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they find you on the social media, for the love of Mike? <laughs> oh, Jessica. Jessica stirring the pot. Oh, uh, okay. oh, okay. Let's do well, it before okay, well, hold we hold on, hold on, hold on, real right. quick, real quick, because I feel like we're gonna spend more time on that one. So, real quick, race fan rocks says Chicago hot dogs for the arena. What's a Chicago hot dog? Like, I legit don't know. Oh, Chicago hot dog. That's you know, that's the hot dog where it's like onions, tomato, like mustard. Uh, let me see, onions, tomato, pickle, like long pickle slice. Half a tomato, onions, mustard. That's pretty much it. And then like stagnant cart water. Gotcha. So I would say that doesn't sound like something I would be down with, but I will say for the arena, 100% they should get that in because I think it is a crime that you're charging people $4 for a freaking Hebrew national with some ketchup. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, There's a place in uh, San Jose called Umai. U-M-A-I. They do... And in fact, I've told the Sharks front office about this because they do have show dogs at the arena. I, funnily enough, I never see anybody in line there, <laughs> which kind of, <laughs> you know, I think it kind of says something. Uh, but uh, there's this place, Umai, that they do all sorts of like killer riffs on dogs. And these are like, these are, uh, when you get this, you need a fork. This is not something you're going to pick up one-handed. And I mean, this, there's some sustenance going on here. And they do a takeoff, a riff of a Chicago dog that is really, really good. Um, to the burgers. Yes. Uh, by all means, there, there is, hands down, the only place to get a burger in the Bay Area for me is Grub. So I, I, I've said, I've said many times before we've gone down this road, I really like Fuddruckers. Uh, I also, I really like Fuddruckers. I also really like In-N-Out Burger. Um, No, I'll see. I'm talking like a one-off. Grub is a one-off. Okay, fine. Like if we're talking chain, then I'm a five guys person. Okay. That's fair. Even though I, I can't stand five guys fries. I love the, you you don't like the ghetto grocery bag. Oh Uh, yeah. The (laughs) greasy ghetto grocery no not a fan uh okay fine so one-offs i'd say like i've stuck by fuddruckers like through and through but since i've been (laughs) reveal i live in las vegas uh since i've been here there's a place in downtown las vegas it's called heart attack grill and (laughs) (laughs) and 
And it's and it, it's definitely it's one old of those town. old town. Yes, and it's definitely one of those gimmicky places where you put on a gown and you get the food, and if you don't eat it, they paddle you on the ass and all that stuff. It's a gimmicky place, but that yeah, but you know what? Gimmicks there? don't work unless you, you know gimmicks work for a hot minute. But if mm-hmm. there's not, you know, if there's nothing behind it, if the food sucked, it would be mm-hmm. one of those things where you'd go to it once for the experience, and then you'd never go back. And so, and, and so I kind of, that's kind of what I went into with. I'm like, all right, yeah, this place is definitely gimmicky. I'll go here just to say I was here and then that's it. But I went to this place and you know, they, they give you the option to have up to an eight patty burger, which is unreal. And you can have, if you get the eight patty burger, I think you are allowed I think you're allowed 42 slices of bacon as an add-on, which again is stupid. Um, but can you know, I, can I, I get that in a box to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need a whole weekend in Vegas to eat it. Um, right. But but so I, you know, play it safe. I'm not trying to get paddled on the ass. I got the double, and on my burger, you know, cheese, some ketchup, and some onion. That's it. Ketchup, really? Oh, dude! I I've never oh. been a ketchup on a burger guy. Like I'm a little everything guy. Scotch of mayonnaise, <laughs> little oh, slab oh. slab of mustard, but no. Oh, I or, am not a I am not a mustard guy. But you get the oh. ketchup. You get the ketchup and the mayonnaise, and you mix it together. Oh well, then you might mustard. as well just go Thousand Island. See, I, a lot of people say that, but the ketchup and mayonnaise concoction, it's a skosh thicker than Thousand Island. Let's go. Jesus Christ. We really need to do this like live. Like we need to like get burgers from like five different places and try it and just oh, God. Like, go like full a, blown do taste a, test. Do a, a Teal Town USA mukbang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marty's saying, I feel like too many toppings defeats the purpose on a burger or a dog. You shouldn't need a knife or a fork. Um, 100%. I, I agree. Yeah, for, yeah, for the most part. But I will tell you, um, like not needing a knife and fork overall, sure. But sometimes there's enough toppings that, you know, after you've eaten said item, you you have fall off. Things fall <laughs> off, you know, and so you need a, a knife or, a, well, at the very least, you need a fork or a spoon to get the uh, the, the the stuff that fell off. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, because he's talking about too many toppings, get the mac and cheeseburger at Grub. And it's literally just, you know, bun, burger. I think there might be a little bit of bacon, but it's essentially just like a layer of mac and cheese. Might be some little tiny bit of sauce, and that's it. But they put a nice amount of mac and cheese in there, and a lot of it, you know, kind of falls off. But it's it's life altering. It's so good. Yeah, uh, I've never been to Grub. Uh, sounds like I should go. But anyways, let me know next time you're so, back in the Bay Area, bro. <laughs> so so this this place, uh, Heart Attack Grill. Uh, so like I said, played it safe, got the double. And this burger, like gimmick aside, like it was a really good burger. Like I like I'm eating it. And and like I said, I only had cheese and some ketchup and some onion. I'm like, damn, like I kind of wish I got the triple just because of how <laughs> of how good this oh, burger was. And like you need I don't want to balance, you know. Yeah. And I, and, and I don't want to say it was the best burger I've ever had because it's a gimmicky place, obviously. But like it may have been one of the best burgers I've ever had. <laughs> like I don't know what it was. It like n- there was no secret sauce or topping or anything that made it stand out. It was just you look at it. It's just a burger, but something Dude, about it. I don't know. 
that's that's how I am about um, uh, Five Guys. I am mm-hmm. literally fine if they just give me bun, uh, like lettuce, cheese, and burger. That's it. Yeah. Maybe a drizzle of mayonnaise or something like that. But literally, like I could just seriously eat like burger, or, you know, patty, cheese, bun, and be fine. All right. So <laughs> I got another one for you. Oh, shit. And this Here is, we go. This is a little bit different. And chat, feel free to chime in as well. Did the waitress alter your perception of the burger? Now, what the hell does that mean? Because the waitresses at Heart Attack, uh, they're dressed in like slutty oh, nurses out. Oh, dolled up in the slutty nurse outfit. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say. Hold no. on. Do they come around with like ketchup and and mayonnaise? Are they like in syringes? <laughs> that would be smart, but no. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I'll be. be awesome. I'll, I'll be honest, Marty T. Uh, I'm gonna say no because while I was there, I uh, one of the I don't know what. Um, there was a one of the wait staff. He was going around the restaurant and. There's music like karaoke music playing and he's like shoving a microphone in people's face. I'm like, come on, sing along. And so me, I purposely like had my head down because I'm like, okay, if I don't look at this guy, he won't put the microphone in my face and I won't have to like (laughs) do anything in front of these people. So I'm going to go with no, only because I didn't really (laughs) observe any of that. But okay, so here's my question. Chat, feel free to jump in as well. Best fast food French fry. I feel like there's only one answer, but go ahead. I mean, for me, it's McDonald's. Yep, McDonald's. Yeah, uh, but you know what it is? A lot of it has to do with. See, I'm a real snob when it comes to French fries because they got to be like piping hot. I, okay. I, mean, I can't do room temperature fries, man. Um, mm-hmm. I loves me some McDonald's fries, but at, at you know, in the moment, uh, I loves me some In-N-Out fries. That mm-hmm. real potato flavor. I'm down with that. I like me some Jack in the Box curly fries. I'm not a fan of curly fries. Oh, see, I the, at the right place. No, I digs me some curly fries. But if we're just talking straight fries, uh, McDonald's. But you know, and it's been forever since I've been there. You, I swear to God, you. Hey, hate me if you want. At me, I don't care. You know who used to have the bomb ass fries, and they might still. It's just been a long time since I've been. Dude, the San Jose Flea Market. Interesting. Dude, they had bomb fries. Hmm. It was like very similar to like a McDonald's fry. Oh, look, look at that. See, what, what was I telling you, dude? Jack in the box for the curlies. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, a, lot, oh. a lot of votes for McDonald's. A lot of, yeah, that's like the one thing that McDonald's can do like pretty bomb. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say <laughs> at this point in time, McDonald's fries are probably the only thing from McDonald's that I can deal with. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. They, they it's weird. Like like eight or nine months ago or whatever, they did like a a month or two of like some artisan burger that was where they mm-hmm. used like a a really good bun and and God, I can't remember, but it was some artisan burger type of thing. It was like really good, and I was like, oh well, this will never last because it's the one thing <laughs> they make that I like, you know. So yeah. you know, probably has a three month shelf life, and I'll be damned if I wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to put this out here now. Uh, next week, we'll be going live at 9. We will talk <laughs> about hockey from 9 to 10. And then after that, we're going to shut this shit down and just go to Discord. <laughs> and we'll talk about everything. Music, food, what have you. 
Uh, it's fine. Jerk. Oh, my I like God. That. <laughs> Where can the people and we'll invite other people on, you know, for we'll get the Canadian viewpoint from Ian and how bad burgers and pizza suck in Canada, but how great their poutine is or fries are. Uh, we can go to Rocket, who currently lives in places unknown and get her <laughs> get her uh, viewpoint for that. And so on and so forth. So, Jerk, where can the people find you on the social media? <laughs> so we can get the wow. hell out of here. What, what a show. Uh, that's so, what I'm saying. Whew, man. All right. Well. Uh, I've never wanted if, to talk with anybody for two and a half hours, but this worked <laughs> out. <laughs> so, it, for though, if, you, uh, if you're interested in my opinions on the San Jose Sharks, the San Jose Barracuda, the NHL hockey thing, all hockey. Hockey at large, yes. Uh, follow me on Twitter at hockey underscore jerk. Um, as AJ said, if you are interested in my opinions on food, music, anything else we can talk about that's not going to offend anyone or get me shot, uh, you can go to the Teal Town USA Discord uh, after next week's show, yeah. probably. Um, with any like jerk's like, going to help me set that up. We're all good. <laughs> and uh, like I said earlier, if you are in desperate need of a 30% off code <laughs> uh, on Fanatic, send me a dm on twitter like i said at hockey underscore jerk and for the f of it i haven't done this for a while if you for some reason feel compelled to send me an email for some reason you can do that hockey jerk 10 at gmail.com there if you go you, and i am aj underscore strong if you would like something autographed by barkley goodrow and inscribed game seven double overtime i i'm your huckleberry i can make sure that that happens uh you can find <laughs> me on social media Eight. Oh, in fact, the reason why I say that, look over my left shoulder, people. See the photo of what this way, the photo Barkley scoring. I can get like 10 of those run off and have him not only sign it, but put game seven to OT. Just saying like my new lithograph down there, by the way. Yeah, that's really sharp. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, AJ underscore strong on the social media platforms, blah, 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 blah. You know the deal. Uh, so with that, Jesus Christ, you come on here and say, oh, well, you know, we'll probably talk for 45, 50 minutes, have a good time and then get the hell out. And then two and a half hours later and you're still not done talking. Go figure. <laughs> uh, so thanks very much for watching. Uh, see this, I guess this is what happens when I don't do after dark very often is I just save it all up for the weekend. So thank you very much for watching. We will catch you next week for episode 84. We might have rocket back. We might not, who knows, but thanks for watching episode 84 next week, all about the San Jose sharks, maybe a little bit shorter. Take it easy, everyone. <laughs>